What is up, YouTube? Welcome in to another edition of Bucky and BK live on Texas Sports Unfiltered and on the Texas Sports Unfiltered app. Today is Monday, October 16th, 2023, and the Buck and I are taking you all the way until 10 o'clock. We will be recapping the sports weekend. It was no Longhorn game to talk about. Of course, Texas is back in action this Saturday at Houston. But plenty of college football to talk about, plenty of NFL to talk about. Of course, we'll preview tonight's Cowboys-Chargers Monday night football game. We'll talk about the Texans' win over the New Orleans Saints. And we will talk about the fact that there are no more unbeaten teams in the NFL thanks to a couple of upsets yesterday. Of course, game one of the ALCS took place last night. The Rangers get the win in H-Town. Jordan Montgomery solid on the bump for the Jurors. And Texas is three wins away from a trip to the World Series. We've got a ton to get to on a Monday morning. What's going on, Buck? How you doing this morning, BK? Well, I sound like shit, don't I? Well, you were you were you had a late night, probably. Ah, uh, not Outside really. With all the stuff in the air it was dry air last night. Lots of wind. Probably a you know things probably got in your little in your nasal passengers, so you're a little blocked up there, kid. Yeah, yeah. Spent the last couple of days at ACL. Wasn't out too late last night, though. Left the headline shows midway through so I could get back to watch most of the uh, Rangers-Astros game last night. And also so I could watch Sunday night football to watch the Giants get hosed by the refs on that last play of the game. But uh, yeah, no, I just being outside the last couple of days, singing, yelling, uh, that's a lot. So apologies for uh, my voice. I didn't realize it sounded as bad as it does, but it's not great. Well, it's a little deeper today. I hit puberty finally. Yeah, you finally got there, but that's okay. What a weekend, really. What a what a weekend. Good morning to the soldiers at Port Cabasas, Texas, the soldiers in the state of Texas, and all those that fight for us each and every day. Thank you so much for what you do. It is appreciated. We appreciate you. We appreciate your families. And please be safe out there. And to the people that are, of Israel and Palestine, I pray for everybody. My prayers are with everybody right now. And please, it is, um, it's going to happen. I don't know when, but it's going to happen. And there will be, there will be blood and there will be casualties. And uh, I, I just pray that uh, as safe as things can happen, I hope they happen safely. But I, I don't think that's going to be possible. That's just me. That's my wishful thinking. There will be blood. There's already been thousands of people yeah, who have died. There will, there, I mean, there will be more blood. Yeah. yeah there will be man. blood flowing. So uh, just just continue to pray for those that they're there. This is a this is awful. This yeah. has been awful. It's been awful for for the world to see. It's just it's it's awful for the children. It's awful for those that have already lost their lives and, and for the for the, I think the hundreds more that will lose their lives. It's, I don't, I, you know, it's just, it's sad. It truly is. And I hope your family is safe. I hope those that, that you love are, 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 are safe right now and, and continue to be safe. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. So far, so good from that front. But uh, I know I'm fortunate because not everybody else has no their family or friends safe over there. So uh, yeah, we'll continue to pray and, uh, and hope for peace at some point in the not too distant future. Cause uh, it continues to be a mess over there in the Middle East. There's no doubt about that. 
Uh, all right, plenty of sports to get into. Uh, by the way, Todd Callis, the television voice of the Houston Astros, will be joining us at 940. So towards the end of the show, uh, we'll talk baseball before then, but we'll get uh, the Astros' perspective on what went down last night. We'll also get a preview of Game 2, which is coming up this afternoon. They're playing today in Houston. The Astros will try to even up the series before things go up north, I-45, to Arlington. But it's a 337 first pitch this afternoon because the NLCS gets going tonight. They'll have the prime time window. So Rangers Astros game two this afternoon. We'll get a preview of that. But how about last night? We'll start oh, there. I, yeah, might as well start there. BK, I thought okay. Montgomery for, for the way he was pitching. I, I I mean, he pitched a fabulous game. But at some point, I thought that the Astros bats would get to him. or It, it wasn't I, – I, it was just weird stuff. I mean, a lot of pitches over the plate. A lot of those curveballs were coming right dead smack. And I thought, you know, I thought Berkman and those guys would get to the pitch. And they never did. They just never did. Berkman, what year is it? Lance Berkman? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> what, they got the killer bees back? Jeff, what am I, what am I thinking? Like Biggio there too? No, no, no. I, I mean, I just thought there was just a matter of time when, when the Astros just started to hone in yeah. on that, that. It was almost like a slow curve, you know? Yeah, they had a couple of opportunities early. Uh, bottom of the third inning, yeah. they had runners on first and second with two outs for Jordan Alvarez. That's the guy you want up in that situation. Yes. He was awesome in the DS against the Twins. He's always awesome. He's one of the best hitters in the world. Uh, but Montgomery got him to flail on a pitch in the dirt for strike three. And then the fourth inning, yeah, the very next inning, they loaded the bases with a couple of outs. Unfortunately for the Astros, it was Martin Maldonado up at the plate, the number nine hitting catcher who is uh, not good at hitting. He's not really great at anything besides pitch calling. Did but, I actually uh, say Lance Berkman? Did I say the word Lance too? I yeah, did not no. say that. No, You right? just said Berkman. Okay, okay, I'm sorry. I assume you were talking about Lance. I don't know what other Berkman no, no, you'd be I'm referencing sorry. when talking about the Astros. But no, this wow. isn't the uh, – 2005 championship Man. series Astros roster. But yeah, they had a couple of chances relatively early against Montgomery. He made some big pitches to get out of those jams. He ends up pitching into the seventh. He goes six and the third scoreless. He was magnificent. He's been really, really good for the Rangers uh, in the postseason. Hell, he's been really good since coming over at the trade deadline from the Cardinals. He was great. And he outdueled Justin Verlander. JV yeah. was fine. I mean, JV. You know, six and two-thirds, gave up two runs. Two I think runs, he would yeah. take that start in the playoffs uh, any day. But, uh, you know, gave up a run in the second inning, had a hanging, breaking ball to Leody Tavares in the fifth that Tavares deposited into the right field bleachers. And that was enough. And and the Rangers bullpen. At home. They just at home. How can you not? I thought they would tag that dude at home. But it, I like the Rangers early. I did like him in game one. I like him at home. I like I like when – as you said, the Astros have just shown you that at home they just struggle for some yeah. reason. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, they're they're sub five hundred at home this year, regular season and playoffs combined. They have struggled at Minute Maid Park, which is weird because they've been awesome there right. in this dynastic run since the start of twenty seventeen. I mean, nobody's been able to go in there and win in Houston. It feels like, but uh, this year that hasn't been the case. The Astros have been the best road team in baseball all year, so. Uh, look, I don't think they're worried. I mean, they, they lost game one of the World Series last sure. year. They bounced back, ended up beating the Phillies in six. I think the Astros are still very confident that they're going to be able to bounce back today, and I still feel like they feel good about their chances to win this series. But, yeah, I mean, at home, they have continued to struggle, and that's that's what the Rangers wanted to do, right? Like the Astros threw their best pitcher last night. The Rangers threw their number two. Well, today the the script is flipped, right? Framber yes. Valdez is the Astros' number two. He's 
He's great, but his last three starts, including game two against the Twins, not very good. And Nathan Avaldi gets the ball for the Rangers in two postseason starts. He's gone 13 and two-thirds innings, yeah. giving up just two runs. So on paper, you might give the pitching edge to the Rangers, so maybe they're feeling pretty good too. But you would expect the Astros to bounce back today. I would. They, have, they have to bounce back. I'm trying to think who this game is more important to. And the obvious answer would be the Astros, right? Like you can't go down 0-2. No, it's it's that important. It's more important to the Rangers. But I just yeah. wonder because yeah, the Astros are going on the road. It's yes. like you know they're, they're so good there, and they were six and one against the Rangers in Arlington this season. Right. So they no, were good everywhere. The Rangers. Rangers need this one. Yeah. So it's like a, you can't say that you need to win both on the road, but uh, I mean, if the, if the Astros win this one today, they'll be beaming with confidence, and they'll be feeling great that they are leaving Houston, uh, and they would have just taken a win over Nathan Avaldi, which would be uh, good for their bats' confidence, getting things back on track, too. So, uh, yeah, and how about the play, the rookie, Evan Carter? I don't yeah. know if you saw this, but in the eighth inning, uh, Aroldis Chapman comes into the game, and he has been owned by the Astros over the course of his career, mainly with your Yankees. Oh, yeah. I thought you were reaching for no, him. no, he's not out. He's he's staying in this, he's staying in through the playoffs. No chance. He will be out during the championship play. When you know when the big things happen, that's when he comes out. That's when he he starts knocking on the drawer. I have to let him out, but not now. You're not saying we you. you're saying we won't see Jeter at all during the ALCS. No, you will not see him until it's time for the big one, the ring. You know, the ones he's used to, you know, the 27. Well, he doesn't have 27, but he's got a couple of them. So Yes, Dude, you'll see that. That would be a bigger upset than the U.S. beating the Soviets in the Miracle <laughs> on Ice. If we could go a full week without seeing Derek Jeter's figurine on this show, that'd no. be the real miracle. I wonder how that is in Vegas. What do you think the line would be in Vegas for that one? To not see him? Yeah, to not see Jeter. Plus, plus a million. Plus a million. <laughs> I mean, no way. Yes, way. Are you kidding me? You're, I don't even think you're going to be able to make it the full show without bringing Jeter out today. We're starting to feel it. He's starting to. We're starting to get a little bit of a vibe. He's staying. He's I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep bringing him up to no, test you, man. so I can win this. Nobody wants to see that little weasel. Oh man, no, you're right. Nobody except you. That's uh, right. The play Evan Carter made. So Chapman's in the game in the eighth inning, and Rangers fans are like, "Oh my god." And Astros fans are like, oh, yes, this is exactly what we want. Altuve gets on base to lead off the inning. And then Alex Bregman just crushes one. I mean, off the bat. That's the name I meant was Bregman. That's I'm ah, sorry, I said Bergman. Bregman. That Bregman was the guy I meant. Yeah, he crushes one to left center field. He thinks it's gone. Everyone at Minute Maid thinks it's gone. I think it's gone. Can of corn. Evan Carter. Nah, I don't know about can of corn. It was an incredible leaping catch he made against the wall. And then he gets Jose Altuve. Uh, who forgot to retouch second base as he, as he rounded it. So a double play. Like It felt like, oh, the Astros were about to tie the game. If that ball is hit you know, 10, 15 feet to the left, it's in the Crawford boxes. It's tied at two, and then the Astros probably find a way to win. But instead, it's in that weird crevice in left center field. Carter makes the catch. Altuve with the base running blunder, and they get the double play, and that just killed all of the Astros' momentum, and the Rangers were able to hold on for the victory. So, uh, yeah, two to nothing, the final in game one. The Rangers now six and oh in these playoffs, Buck. They have won every game that they've played, obviously, but they've also taken game one on the road in every 
series that they've played in in these playoffs. Uh, very impressive what they've done so far, and we'll see if they can keep it rolling today. Now we got the Phillies and the Diamondbacks also today. Everybody playing? Everybody plays. Yep. Game one of the Phillies and the D-Bags tonight in Philadelphia. That's a 7-0-7 first pitch. Uh, Zach Gallen versus Zach Wheeler in Philly tonight. So who you liking that one? You going with the favorites? Got to go with the favorites. Got to go with Wheeler at home. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the Phillies. They'll be burning the down the city tonight. Oh, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. They will. And for game one, they start burning things. They start to heat it up a little bit in Philly. Oh, well, considering the Eagles lost yesterday, too, they're going to be on one. They're going to be on 10 in Philadelphia at Citizens Bank tonight. So, uh, yeah, get the Jets. Really? Is that for real? Yeah. Well, if you want to shift gears and get into some football here, and once again, we'll get back into the baseball. Todd Callis will join us at 940 this morning to to talk some Astros Rangers. But, yeah, how about the NFL, man? That's the beauty of this league, isn't it? I mean, it's it's unpredictable. You think you know, and then you realize – we don't know anything about what's going on. I mean, you see the Eagles playing Zach Wilson in the Jets, and you're thinking, okay, that's an easy win for Philly. They're going to go to 6-0. and And how about San Francisco going to Cleveland? No Deshaun Watson in that game. You're thinking, okay, that's an easy win for the Niners. They're going to go to 6-0. and But the two backup quarterbacks, and really it was the defenses of those teams that were oh, yeah. stories. But, uh, yeah, the Jets beat the Eagles and the Browns beat the Niners. So congrats to the 72 Dolphins once again. Uh, your guys get to pop some champagne in celebration because there will not be an undefeated team in the NFL. Boy, they are. Let me tell you something. The defense for the defense for the Browns and the Jets, man. And there, there's no Sauce Gardner playing. I mean, the the Jets were missing like three guys on defense, and they played that type of defense against the offense uh, of Philadelphia. Philadelphia yesterday looked like they didn't know whether they really wanted to get into the run game or they wanted to pass. They looked like they were very confused about what they wanted to do offensively. And I got to believe Smith only caught maybe two balls in that game. He looked like he he didn't catch very many footballs in the game. They couldn't yeah. get him – they couldn't break him loose at all. No, no. I mean, they only scored 14 points. Jalen Hurts had three interceptions, including one that set up the game-winning touchdown run by Brees Hall. Vontae Smith, five catches for 44 yards, so not as bad as you no. thought. But the Eagles couldn't run the ball. I mean, that was the difference in the game. Like – as good as Jalen Hurts has become as a passer, uh, like the strength of him and the strength of Philadelphia is their ability to run it. And they couldn't pound the rock. 22 carries for 80 yards yesterday. DeAndre Swift had 18 rushing yards on 10 carries. So they, they were could using not... him as a wide receiver. They were using him a lot out of the backfield yesterday for some odd reason. Yeah, and they abandoned the run pretty early, which I thought was interesting, considering that this game was close pretty right. much throughout. thought that was weird that Jalen Hurts threw it 45 times in New York yesterday, but I guess they were like, hey, man, we just we can't run it today with yeah, our no sauce gardener. They thought, no sauce gardener. Let's go attack these young yeah. corners. Yeah, and it, it didn't work. One of the worst games of, uh, of Jalen Hurts' career. And, yeah, I don't think anybody saw this one coming. Um, Zach Wilson didn't have to do that much, but he played pretty smart football. He didn't throw an interception, which for him feels like a major, major win. Uh, the Jets, I don't think, turned it over once in that nope. football game. So, they just they managed it. They kept it close. And once again, the defense, a few opportunistic plays, the turnovers, the three interceptions of Jalen Hurts. And yeah, that uh, one in the last couple of minutes to set up the Brees Hall touchdown run. Uh, man, I, I did not see this one coming. So the Jets, it's a weird spot for the Jets now. Like there are all these Kirk Cousins rumors last week. And once again, Zach Wilson didn't play all that well, but I, you know, they're three and three right now. They're still in the thick of things in the AFC wildcard picture. 
I wonder if they feel like uh, they've got a shot to to stick with Zach and maybe make some noise this year. Well, I I, I don't think you hear much about those the rumor mills about him going. I think they will stick with Zach Wilson from this point on. Yeah, I think that's a mistake, but yeah, who knows? And yeah, Jalen Hurts, as Jake says, he had more turnovers than Dak going into the game, and then threw three picks. But Jake, you know how it goes when you're not the quarterback of the Cowboys. Nobody cares. They nobody only, cares. No, they only, no, they only dunk on you for turnovers if you're you're playing for Dallas. How about this? Nick and, and then the Browns. How about the Browns, dude? Yeah, I mean that one. I think was even more surprising. Now the Browns' defense is. Yeah, elite. they're pretty stingy. If you don't believe me, I saw this stat on the NFL Network last night. Uh, the Browns' defense through five games has given up the third fewest yards of any defense in the NFL since 1970. Like, that defense is awesome. It's why they went and gave up so much for Deshaun Watson, right? It's like, we've got the defense, and we've got Nick Chubb, who didn't even play yesterday, which makes the loss even more embarrassing for San Francisco. But, like, we've got all the other pieces around. We just need a quarterback. Well, Deshaun hasn't played the last couple of weeks. I don't even know if it's injury-related. Like, it's a mess with that dude right now. I think any Texans fan in the world could have told you that was coming. But, yeah, I mean, Cleveland's defense just shutting down Brock Purdy. Uh, San Francisco lost Debo and Christian McCaffrey in that game, which obviously those two guys make a huge, huge difference. Yes, they do. And the Niners' idiot kicker. This is why our guy Casey Stutter doesn't think kickers are real people. This is why Tom Herman called kickers kicker instead of by their actual name. Uh, The Niners had a chance, I think a 42-yard field goal, and Jake Moody just pushed it to the right and what would have been and should have been the game winner. Another push to the right, to the right, upright, wide and outside. Really? Yep, yep. But, man, I mean, Brock Purdy, once again, Cleveland's defense is great, but he – you know, the, the the Purdy haters out there are like, oh, he's only good because he's got Shanahan, he's got McCaffrey, and he's got Debo Samuel. Well, he didn't have McCaffrey for a lot of the game. I think Debo got hurt in the first quarter yes. of that game. And Brock Purdy played the worst game of his season by far. So the Brock Purdy haters are uh, making a little bit of noise today, Buck. Yeah, I mean, that that – I mean, the kid – the running back from Cleveland was pretty good. It was his poured – yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. was he good, man. Jerome Ford, I think uh, OU was, guy, and then he transferred to Cincinnati at the end yeah. of his career. Yeah, he was good. No Nick Chubb, and then no Deshaun Watson. P.J. Walker. P.J. Really? that dude? I don't know. I don't know San Fran's defense. You had a lot of your guys playing in that defense, so yeah, I don't know how you lose to that, that cat. I don't believe it. Yeah, and the Browns were able to run the football pretty successfully. Uh, Kareem Hunt had a decent day, too. He scored a touchdown. Amari Cooper had a nice day through the air. But, yeah, just weird, man. That's the that's the beauty of the NFL, though. Like, it's unpredictable. It's why we love sports. It's the best reality TV that there is out there. And we got a dose of that yesterday. I mean, I was sitting here thinking, ah, we, we, we know who the two best teams in the league are right now, and – well, those two teams came up short against backup quarterbacks yesterday as huge, huge favorites. So uh, the parody of the NFL continues to exist. And, uh, yeah, nice win for the Browns. All right, tell me what happened last night in the Bills game because, I, you know, I was in bed by that time. Oh, man. Well, th- this game was ugly. And Buffalo's got got some uh, some issues this year. Um, they still trying to find a run game to go along with just throwing, heaving it all the time? Speaking of backup quarterbacks – 
it was Tyrod Taylor who played for the Giants because Daniel Jones was out with that neck injury. Yeah, Buffalo, they didn't score in the first half. Think about how bad the Giants' defense has been this year. Uh, Buffalo was held scoreless in the first half. They didn't get into the end zone for the first time until midway through the uh, the third quarter yep. of this game. Josh Allen looked very pedestrian. He got banged up, too, towards the end of this one. Uh, they didn't run the ball all that effectively. And then the Giants, they were right there. I mean, at the end of the first half, they had the ball at the goal line. Instead of kicking the field goal, they tried to score a touchdown. Yeah, what was that deal? Why, why didn't they take the three? Because they thought they didn't know Buffalo was going to be that bad. Right. Yeah. When you're a huge underdog, when you're one and four, it's like, ah, let's just send it, I guess. You're right. And you're thinking, like, okay, we've got Saquon Barkley back in this game. We'll just give that dude the rock and he'll find a way to get in. But that didn't happen. And that was an ugly game. And then at the end of the game, it was 14 to nine. The Giants had moved the ball to the goal line. No time left. Last play of the game. Uh, boy, Darren Waller gets held by Teron Johnson. I saw one hand go up. I, all I've seen is yeah. a highlight. Was the other hand held down? No, it was a clear PI, but it's the last play of the game. You could be a little grabby and get away with it more in that situation than you can in the other, you know, a couple hundred plays that are run in an NFL game. Uh, and he got away with it. He got away with it. So it should have been a PI, which would have given the, the Giants another chance from a little bit closer to the goal line. But no call. Uh, ball fell incomplete and the Bills held on for the win. So, yeah, Buffalo, I mean, they're four and two. That's the good news. But boy, the Giants have just, they've been getting boat raced by seemingly every other half decent team that they've played uh, in prime time in Buffalo. That game was uh, way closer, way, way closer than anybody was expecting. And a scary scene with Damian Harris leaving. Thankfully, he's okay, but they had to bring out uh, an ambulance. Uh, last night onto the field, Damian Harris, by all accounts, is okay with that injury that he had. But, yeah, I mean, Josh Allen, very pedestrian. The Bills, they found a way to win. That's all that matters. There were a lot of other big That's favorites right. that we just talked about that couldn't find a way to That's win. That's right. They but won. Buffalo, Buffalo got it done. Speaking of teams that got it done, how about the Texans? Buck, oh, yeah. 20-13 to 13 over the Saints. C.J. Stroud did throw his first career pick. But uh, outside of that, he was pretty damn good. And, oh, by the way, on that interception, I don't know if you saw this, on the return, the Saints linebacker who picked it off, he fumbled, and the Texans recovered. So they literally got the ball. Even though Stroud threw a pick, oh, yeah. they literally got the ball on the very next play. It shouldn't count. No, 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 no. But, uh, yeah, Stroud was good again. The Texans' defense, I think they're the big story. I mean, just it's night and day. I mean, the Texans have matched oh, yeah. their win total from last year. They were 3-13-1 and a season ago. They're three and three right now. Uh, the Saints, you know, a decent team. They were predicted to win the yeah. NFC South this year, and the Texans find a way to beat them. And that team is looking pretty good right now. Yeah, they get after it on defense. Their linebackers can fly to the ball. I mean, they're they're you know that secondary, that secondary is going to be good and continue to get better. But their linebackers do a great job, and that off that defensive line holds them up so the linebackers can flow. Yeah, Blake Cashman, one of those oh, linebackers, yeah. had a huge day. I think 15 tackles for him. Oh, yeah. you know, they got that dude for like a sixth-round pick from the Jets a couple of off-seasons ago, and nobody really thought much of the move. And uh, he's developed into a pretty solid player. Uh, helps having Jimmy Ward back in that secondary. Helped having Jalen Petrie back there in that Texan secondary. Those guys are difference makers, too. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the Saints weren't able to run it. They kept Alvin Kamara in check. Derek Carr didn't do too much. Boy, on the bicycle didn't do too much. And the Texans, like, that's kind of what good teams do. They find ways to win in different ways. And there have been some days where C.J. Stroud just kind of put the team on his back, and the offense has been what's gotten it done. But uh, yesterday, once again, I mean, Stroud was fine. 
outside of that one turnover, he, he made a couple of great throws, had a couple yes, of touchdowns, did. but he didn't crack 200 yards passing. Uh, the defense was what got the job done for the Texans, holding the Saints to just 13. And, Texas uh, just don't throw down. it deep. They don't have anybody. I mean, you know, since, since dude came to the Cowboys, they don't have a real deep threat. So they throw a lot of intermediate balls, but he's very accurate with his passing, you know, which is great yeah. for them. Yeah. You know, and if their run game, if their run game is going, that just adds to it. They don't need to go deep. They can go intermediate routes if their run game is going because you've got uh, to come up. The run game still isn't as good as, as they no. would like. Uh, Damian Pierce just continues to, to struggle. Uh, it's weird. I mean, he was one of the more impressive rookies in the NFL last year. And he just hadn't found it. A lot of it's the Texans O-line being sure. banged up. But still, yeah, that's uh, disappointing. Um, so a lot of it has been C.J. Stroud. And you're right. Yeah, I mean, like, that was the conversation I was having doing radio in Houston during the offseason. Like, the Texans don't have any receivers. No. You could argue they the worst ride receiving core in the NFL. And look, some guys have stepped up. Robert Woods has been good. Nico Collins is Finally, Dalton Schultz is in the, in the fray now. And then, yeah, Dalton Schultz has been solid. He's been a good red zone threat for them. But, yeah, I mean, that's the most impressive part about what C.J. Stroud is doing. Like, the Texans, okay, maybe the receiver room is a little bit better than Houstonians thought, but it's still one of the worst in football. No, it I is. Voice crack going through puberty this morning. Uh, and then the fact that, yeah, C.J. Stroud has been one of the more impressive QBs. Forget rookie quarterbacks. He's been mm -hmm. the best of those by far. But the fact that he's been one of the more impressive QBs in the league, considering just the average talent around him on the offensive side of the football, that's a testament to how good he's been. And the thing, the thing that surprised me the most, the thing that scared me a little bit with C.J. Stroud coming out of school, it's just the thing that kind of doomed the other Ohio State quarterbacks under Urban Meyer and Ryan Day. Just like the offense they run in college, it's more of a throw to space, right? Throw to the open field. Right versus actually going through your progressions and throwing it into windows. And that transition has obviously been tough. Like Ohio State, none of the Ohio State quarterbacks have been good at all in the NFL. And I'm like, man, does C.J. Stroud, that he has that bad S2 score. I don't know if you remember that cognitive test. It's a huge deal in Houston. It's like, oh, this guy, is he smart enough to play quarterback? He, he had one of the worst S2 scores apparently ever, and most QBs who scored poorly on that test did not pan out in the NFL. I'm thinking, I don't know if he just can process stuff quickly enough to be a great quarterback in this league. Well, he's he shut me up. He shut a lot of doubters up. The mental yeah, he's thing. Going he's, through his his pretty well. yeah. he's going through his progressions pretty well right now. Yeah, I mean, the accuracy, we saw that at Ohio State, but the fact that, yeah, he could just go through his progressions and seemingly time after time just find the open man, it's it's cool to see, and, and it feels like Houston's got one, and they deserve one, man. That fan base has been through a lot. Absolutely. So, nice well, win. I love the, the way he plays. I love the way he reads the defense, but I love that second throw. When he looks one way and then he turns and goes the other way, it's like there's no hesitation. It's like you've left me enough room to get it in here, and his accuracy is what's incredible. Yeah, I, mean, I, I would think he'd be a little bit nervous of throwing in those some of those tight windows with some of the great defensive backs. He'll step right in front. But if you give him an opportunity, you give him a yard or two, he'll put it right on the money. Yeah. And absolutely. he loves Dalton Schultz now. He's got hit ready. He's, he's gotten used to him pretty quickly down, especially in the scoring zone. Yeah, nice corner out to uh, oh, Dalton yeah. Schultz for one of those touchdowns. And then, nice catch, too. Yeah, great, great throw over the middle to Robert Woods. Speaking of tight windows, the other oh, touchdown. Yeah. I mean, no Tank Dell yesterday for the Texans, too, who's been really, really good, the rookie out of U of H. Uh, he didn't play in this game for the Texans, and they still found a way to get the job done. So, yeah, man, I mean, you think the Texans have a shot to win the AFC South this year? 
Are you that are you that high on them right now, or you still feel like uh, they're a little bit behind Jacksonville? They're still a little bit behind Jacksonville. They did beat the brakes off the Jags a couple of weeks ago. But they always do, don't they? Isn't, yeah. Don't they have their number? It's weird. I think Jags 10 of the last on. 11, yeah, yeah, the Texans have beaten the Jags. They're, the Jags went on the win again this week. Yeah, the Jags are 4-2. and two. You've got the Texans and Colts tied at 3-3, three and three, and then Tennessee coming up the rear at 2-4 and four right now. So They're coming up the rear is, is right. Those bums. Coming up the rear. Come on, Titans. They're awful. They're coming up your rear? Who's rear? They were giving it to me up the rear this weekend. I took the Titans. Oh. I know. Why do I take them? Why do I think – what am I thinking? Derrick Henry's going to rush for 700 yards or something? I guess. And I think Tannehill got hurt in that game yesterday. Stop me if you've heard that before. <laughs> so they had to go to Malik Willis, who looked a little more competent than he did last year when he had to play after Tannehill went down with an injury. But, uh, yeah, no, that was that was silly by you to bet against the Titans. I know. Anywhere anywhere uh so yeah they're in last place right now but the texans in a good spot man it's uh it's cool to see like they've been the worst team in football over the last three years and uh they play against the zero and six panthers next sunday we'll see if bryce young is good to go for that one but that's the matchup of the top two quarterbacks the top two draft picks in april's draft one guy's had a great year the other guy hasn't won a game just yet so looks like the texans got to hug tua at least he got to hug him and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Dolphins all over the Panthers yesterday. Yeah. yeah, look, I think the Texans, they lucked out, man. I mean, they everyone, myself included, thought they screwed up by winning that Week 18 game against Indy that they should have lost right before Lovey Smith got Good fired. Good job, Lovey. Way to win. Yeah, nice, nice, uh, nice parting gift. He knew he was going to get fired. He's like, oh, you guys need to lose? F that. We are winning today. <laughs> and he did that. And, um, it yeah, worked man. Out. It worked out. It worked out. I mean, the Texans would have 100% taken Bryce Young if they could oh, yeah. have taken him at number one. They don't get the chance to get him at number one, and they end up getting C.J. Stroud at number two. And so far, so good. Early returns look like the Texans, who have dealt with some bad fortune since their franchise started 20-plus years ago. They uh, they might have caught a big-time break, which obviously is, is great for them, man. Happy for them. All right, let's give some love to uh, some of our Great yeah, man. Sponsors, before we talk some college football, we've got an opening line for Texas at Houston that we'll get to in a moment. But and I hope it's three. It's yeah, of course we all hope it's three because <laughs> we all put our life savings on the Longhorns, but unfortunately, uh, it is not three. Oh, that's too bad. You know what, BK? This weekend, of course, you know my back's still humming from last week's fiasco. You know my marathon walking, my parking lot marathon that. I tend to find a way to do, but relax the back. They are absolutely the best. I discovered them about 20 years ago, and I can't be more thankful, and neither can my back. 35 years of proven expertise, and as I said, my back couldn't be happier. And they've got everything that you need. They've got the right size pillows that you're looking for, select massage chairs out there. They've got stand-up desks that you need, but they've got the chairs, whether it's in your office, at home, Whatever you need to relax and get your lumbar set, your thoracic back, your shoulders, your neck, your thighs, the whole works. Relax the back's got every chair that you're looking for. As I said, if it's if it's for home, that's fine. If it's for office, that's fine too. So if you need a roadie like I have for the road, they've got that for you too. They've got two great locations, folks. There's the gallery across from Whole Foods right there. And at the Gateway Shopping Center across from the container store. Live pain-free like the buck with relax the back. 
Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Relax the Back. And also, how about a word from our guy Tom McKay over at Audio Visual Consultations? Hi, this is Tom McKay with Audio Visual Consultations. Scientific data proves it. Size does matter. The bigger and wider your television is, the better. Football season is here, and the time is now to get your entire audio video experience tuned up and ready. New flat screens, projection video, Dolby True HD surround, all the goodies at great prices and followed up with great service. So call us at 255-8678. That's 255-8678 or on the web at avconsultations.com. All right, now tell me about on Friday night. You know, I had a high school game I did at Lake Travis. Uh, Lake Travis has a big game coming up this week against Dripping Springs. That's right. Mm. My Hamlet, Dripping Springs. A dirty Lake Drip. Travis. The Dirty Drip. We've got a big game. And Lake Travis, I'll be calling that game on Friday. But that game was going on. That game was going on. Well, it was going on during the Colorado game. And I had Colorado. And I was like big smile on my face leaving the game, you know, because it was about 1030 at night. So it was only like just before halftime of the Colorado game since they play at like midnight. And it was 29 to nothing. I'm like, there is no way. I don't even have to go home and watch this anymore. I can go home and go right to bed, which I did, only to wake up to find out that Colorado lost the football. Come on, Dion. What is up with Prime, Coach Prime? Yeah, I watched. You're the only ones you should be able to win. Well, Coach Prime last week was mad that that game was kicking off so late. He's oh, like, he was mad too. Nobody gets to watch us. Why are we playing these games so late? Everyone's going to be asleep. He should be thankful that uh, that game kicked off as late as it did. So and everybody was asleep. Yeah. yeah, most of the country was asleep. But I wasn't. I watched the entire game with a couple of Colorado grads, mind you. They, they were not thrilled with the way that thing went down. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just a massive collapse. You said it, 29 to nothing at halftime. I don't know if you saw this, but Shador Sanders, of course, Colorado's quarterback, who – had a very, very good day. 400 yards, five touchdowns, did throw one interception. Uh, but at halftime, he was posting links to his merch store on his social media accounts. Like during halftime, they're up 29 to nothing. Now, they might have been scheduled posts. It could have been somebody else posting on his behalf. But post on his Instagram with links to his merch store, where to buy Shador Sanders shirts and hats and gear and all that. They were going out at halftime of that game. And then Colorado blows a 29, nothing lead and they lose in double overtime to one of the worst teams in college football. I'd like to see what the dip was at the end of that thing of all this merch sale for sure. Oh, nice yeah. to have dad as your coach. Yeah. Dion on the sideline, like he, he wasn't even coaching in the second half. He, he was just, just looked- pissed. He just looked pissed. He looked shell shocked. Like he had the headset on, but he had like the microphone flipped up the We're entire time. Anybody? Like, do something, coach. Like, don't just look pissed. That's not gonna that help. No. That's not coaching. Go coach. No. And like go motivate. Do what you do better than anybody in the world. Go say something to somebody to get your guys going. And maybe when the TV cameras weren't on him, he was, but golly, the TV cameras were on him. It felt like the entirety of that collapse. And he's just sitting there like stone faced, like he was about to fire every single coach on his coaching staff. Uh, and they couldn't dude. I, I couldn't believe the defensive coordinator for Colorado. I can't remember the guy's name. Or the they, name won't matter. He won't be there next year. Well, it was, it was one player. 
It was what they just Stanford just kept running slants to this one receiver and Colorado tried like they put Travis Hunter on him for a while. Travis Hunter had a rough day defensively. Uh, he got mossed too badly by this receiver on a, a crazy highlight reel touchdown. If you didn't see it, you'll see it on Monday night countdown the night before the Cowboys and the wow. Chargers. Uh, but yeah, this one receiver I think had 297 yards and three touchdowns. 297? Uh, sorry, 294. I gave him I wow. gave him three more. Uh, 13 catches, 294, and three touchdowns. They just kept running slants over and over again. And for some reason, Colorado never doubled this dude. It's like the Stanford quarterback, the backup, who they brought in, just like take the shotgun snap. He'd look in that guy's direction. He'd throw it to him, and that guy would go. He had a 97-yard touchdown. He had another super long catch. Like that guy had zero catches in the first half. He had 13 for 294 and three oh touchdowns God. in the second half in overtime. What? The same dude. I'm telling you. Like, if you go back and watch it. it did you it, say he didn't have any catches in the first half? No, I don't think he did. I don't think he did. He <laughs> Literally, the game plan was just go to that guy in the second half, and they never doubled him. They tried. Once again, they flipped the corners, so they tried something, but they did Like, it was, oh, my God. It, I was losing it. I was. I didn't even care. I didn't have any skin on the game. I didn't care who won. I'm just like, how do you let this one guy from Stanford beat you? One th- This guy's a computer science major. A lawyer just beat you. You lost to a tree. How do you lose <laughs> to a tree? Oh, my God. Yeah, it was it was freaking brutal, dude. It was like, if you're a Colorado fan, it was probably like watching your house burn down. There's just nothing you could do to stop it. And, yeah, Colorado, man. I mean, look. Their Vegas over under going into the year was like three. They're already yeah, at four. They're there. So they've 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 made some things happen. But when you start three and zero, oh, and you start four and one, then or excuse me, four and two, then people are like, ah, oh, you should make a bowl game at that point. And that should have been win number five. They were huge favorites. Stanford's the worst team in the Pac-12. They had that game in Boulder. That should have been the fifth win to where it's like, all right, we've got what five games to win one. Yes. Get to a bowl game this year, and that would have been a great season. But now you look at Colorado's schedule. Here's what they've got left. They need two wins to get to the postseason now because they're at four and three. At UCLA, home against the Beavers, Oregon State. Home against Arizona. At Washington State. At Utah. Well, so, there's, there's Washington State possibility and Arizona. Arizona's playing pretty good football right now. Arizona beat the brakes off of Wazoo in Pullman. Yeah. Was, I didn't watch any of that. I just that saw brutal. the score. I was like, what the hell happened there? Uh, so, like, yeah, maybe Arizona at home and Wazoo on the road. Like, those are the two games that you think they'd have the most chance in. But they're going to be underdogs probably in every game except for Arizona. And Yeah, because that Oregon State favorite. defense is, is awesome. Yeah, yeah, Oregon State beat up on uh, UCLA on Saturday. But – you know, I would say bet the home team in the Pac-12, but Colorado was the home team and they lost. But it does feel like when we're getting ranked versus ranked Pac-12 games, the home team is finding ways to win. But yeah, I mean, Colorado, like Coach Prime's got them on the map. Important to remember, it's year one of the rebuild. They won yes. one game last year. So like they, they've clearly taken steps in the right direction, but they've talked a lot. Coach Prime, Shador, they've talked a lot. And if you end up going four and eight, people are going to hold that against you a little yeah. bit. So, uh, yeah, they'll get better if Coach Prime stays. But, uh, boy, that was that was an inexcusably bad loss on Friday night. And if you went to bed, yeah, that's uh, you missed 
the collapse of all collapses right there. 29 points, BK. Wow. And speaking of collapses, the Buck lost his 5,000-unit play on Saturday. What a surprise. How could I ever think of taking the Pittsburgh Panthers? What is wrong with me? No, you didn't take Pittsburgh. You took Louisville. You had the other side against right. Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah. I mean, Louisville, you were telling me about that. You didn't believe they were for real anyway. Who? You're saying who's their coach? Jeff Brom. I said he was a former coach. So you're like, Jeff Broom? I'm like, no, dude. Brom. <laughs> oh, wow, man, yeah. they were terrible. I didn't look at Pittsburgh sucks. Like I did not see that one coming, um, but they beat the brakes. Yes, they did. Louisville. 38 to 21 was the final Louisville actually led at halftime of this game. This wasn't like a four quarter beat down, but Louisville did absolutely nothing in the second half. And I couldn't name a single player on Pittsburgh. I'll be honest with you. Like, I, I don't know anybody on that team speak. I, I don't know who could, is it Jeff Capel? No, he's basketball. No, it's coach Costanza. Frank. <laughs> George. Jerry. George. George? Yeah. George Costanza is coaching at Pitt? Yeah, good Isn't Lord. Narduzzi still? They still have Nar- that guy? Yes, Narduzzi still the head coach. Costanza. Oh, man. I mean, Pitt is ass, dude. And they crushed Louisville. And it only happened because you had 5,000 units on Louisville. Thank so, you, Mac. Thank you, Mac Brown. Way to go. Now, I will say this. So, you made three huge gold star lock picks on Friday. You went one, one, and one in those picks. Isn't that good? No, it's not because it, your smallest play was the one that won. You had a thousand units on North Carolina covering against Miami, and they did. Mac Brown's team undefeated still. Nice win. You had two thousand defense too. Yeah, you had two thousand units on Washington over Oregon. That was a push. And you got lucky that that was a push. Washington yeah. was minus three, and that was in the- some places in my. For my cousin, it wasn't three, it was four. Oh, and you didn't buy it down, your cousin? No, I did not buy it down. Tough scene there. And then, what a great uh, football game that was. Oh, my God, yeah. And then the 5,000-unit play. We'll get back to Washington, Oregon in a second. But 5,000-unit play, yeah, Louisville, I think, minus seven and a half at Pitt, and they lost by 17. Wow. So you, congrats, you were 24 and a half points off from the spread, but good job there. Uh, for those keeping track at home, the buck is now down six thousand units on the season. So if you hey, don't worry, them. don't worry, folks. I will get you back because there's always a game versus Texas Tech because they stink. <laughs> I mean, nothing's going through Lubbock. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing. Because as I told going. you before the season starts, by midway in the season, you know where they'll be. They'll be on their third quarterback. Guess what they are? On their third quarterback now. Yep. Yeah, Baron Morton got hurt in that one. Uh, K-State's freshman quarterback, former San Antonio Spur and former Dallas Mavericks coach Avery Johnson ran for five touchdowns. That guy looks like like Michael Bolton in office space, that freaking quarterback who just runs all over Joey McGuire's defense. Joey McGuire, you cannot expect this. I mean, Uh, really? Yep, and uh, Tanner says, Bucky, I just had to sell my house because of your 1,000-unit plays. Good job there, Buck. Way to go. Yeah, we got, I got a rental space for you. Don't worry about it. There you go. By the yeah, way, Ruth, yeah, so make sure you smash the like button. If you're watching, please give the video a thumbs up. Helps with the algorithm. I don't know what algorithm means. I just know your likes help the channel grow. So uh, thank you for the comment, Ruse, and uh, thank you to everybody. Yeah, 91-plus people in here, only 25 likes. We're on Facebook, too. 
or on the Texas Sports Unfiltered app as well. You can text in if you're listening on the app, 512-222-9328. That is the code of text line. Uh, plenty of ways to get involved with the show, but yeah, please like the video. Uh, I did tease it, Buck. I, sorry, I, I got to mention this before we get to Washington, Oregon, but Texas opened up as a 22-point favorite at Houston. Please tell me you're not putting 5,000 units on the Longhorns this Saturday. Never, never put – no, I don't play with the Texas Longhorns, no. Okay. I Good. keep that out. Keep that away from me. And I woke up – so I saw that line open up yesterday. Once again, Texas minus 22 at Houston. By the way, the Longhorns moved up a spot in the rankings. Even though they didn't play, they moved from 9 to 8, if you care about that kind of thing. We know what the Longhorns need to do to get where they want to get. Um, the line went up. I woke up this morning. I took a look at uh, the desert, and it's 22 and a half. So early money coming in on Texas, even though Houston won on Thursday, right? That miracle Hail Mary win over West Virginia. I mean, where the uh, receiver actually goes for the ball? Yeah, yeah, that, uh, that happened. Uh, even though the Cougs got a win, Texas still a more than three-touchdown favorite at Houston, and this is around what I expected. I would have maybe said it was 20, but, uh, yeah, Houston, I'm still not bought into them, and I think people expect Texas coming off of a bye week after the heartbreaking loss against Oklahoma. I feel yeah, like uh, folks expect yeah, the Longhorns to be on a mission this coming Saturday. Yeah, I mean, they should be. There's, there, I mean, I, I'm not going to worry about who they, who they play or how they come out in this football game. They will be foaming at the mouth for this football game to play Houston. Uh, they won't take them for granted, but they should maul them. Yeah, I mean that 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 should just be a flat out ass kicking right there. I agree, one hundred percent. And I think we'll hear from Sark and some of the players a little bit later today uh, to preview this Houston matchup. But yeah, we're talking about a Kooks team that uh, lost to Rice earlier this season. Uh, they had a nice win once again on Thursday, but they still have some serious serious talent limitations right now. Their defense sucks. I don't know if their offense is all that great either. So. No. This is, uh, look, Donovan Smith, the quarterback for the Kooks, played a great game against West Virginia. He obviously beat Texas when he was at Texas Tech last year. He's a dual-threat quarterback. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, who's kind of a dual-threat quarterback, looked like freaking Lamar Jackson against this Texas defense last week. So the Longhorns are going to have to do a better job of containing a mobile quarterback. But still, I mean, this Vegas, I think, is dead on the nose with this one. This is a game that uh, they're telling you the Longhorns should win and win handily, and I agree. And they got to be careful on special teams on who they kick the ball to, for sure. They'll be eyeballing some of those speedsters because those kids from Houston can out and out fly. Yep. They, they've got speed on top of speed. That's that's what they have. And if you uh, let them get loose in the special game, special teams, that's going to hurt. They've got speed on top of speed when they're going up against the team that was picked to finish last in the conference and the West Virginia couch burners. I like th their speed should not be an advantage against Texas because Texas has more speed than them. So if, if they look fast against Texas, then that's that's concerning. That's they don't they don't have the athletes that the Longhorns have. So uh, we'll see. We'll preview that game throughout the course of the week. I'm not and, estimating underestimating any team playing the Texas Longhorns, no. except for. Texas Tech. That's the only group. You were literally – you were saying last week to me that you're worried no, about Texas no, Tech coming not. to town. And no, you're not. Now how many – what quarterback will they be at by the time they get to, to November? They're going to have to get a kid out of Fidelt, the fraternity house, to go play QB for them by Black what Friday. What do they do to quarterbacks there? I mean, after the game, do they, like, take their thumbs off? Or what do they do? I mean, are they, it's just incredible. I told you before the season this was going to happen where they would be with quarterback. It just – there's something about that football program 
that they destroy quarterbacks or the, or the turf or something. They get hit. They go down. They've got soft melons. I don't know what it is, but I told you they'd be at about number three halfway during the season. And here yeah. they are. And that poor kid that was in that game, was he a freshman? He looked mm-hmm. terrible. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, What did you say? They, what, did they take his thumb off? After the yeah, game, they, yeah, they go into the locker room and they're doing amputations yeah, on guys who are thumbs off. Oh, he can't play next week. He has no thumbs. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Tyler Shuck started the year as the starter for Texas Tech. He had a pretty gruesome leg injury a few weeks ago. Uh, Barrett Morton took over. A lot of Tech fans wanted Morton to start the year as the starter. Uh, Morton got hurt in the game on Saturday. And yeah, Jake Strong, the kid uh, who took over for Texas Tech he's on fresh, Saturday Is he a night. freshman? Yeah, I think he's a freshman. Richard freshman, I believe, maybe. Yeah, and he uh, he struggled. He threw three picks, and Texas Tech couldn't stop White Avery Johnson running the ball for five touchdowns for five. Kansas State. Is that the kid with the curly blonde hair? Yep. He's a cutie. He's a cutie? He's a cutie playing quarterback. What Man, can he run, though? What does that mean? Well, he's a cutie. His hair is flowing while he's You're, ta- you're talking about like an 18-year-old boy, dude. <laughs> No. Come on, R. Kelly. Easy Stop. on that. He's, he's good. You just called it. You just called it. Call it a freshman boy. Cute. He does with that blonde hair flowing. I mean, he can go. You know, he can fly. That talking about speed at the quarterback position. That guy's got it right there. Yeah, he's fast. He you certainly gonna, is. You gonna slide into his DMs or something? No, today? no, no. I'm passing. Whatever the DM, you know me, I don't know what the DM thing is. Well, you know, uh, K-State comes to town on November 4th. You got a chance if you want to try to shut up. No, Johnson, no, tell no, him how no. cute he is in person. I like the way he plays the quarterback position. Uh, I, I does. He's got some finesse to him, and his, his game is pretty good. Okay. Yeah, that's that's different than cute. I don't think I've ever heard cute described uh, used to describe a quarterback, unless it's a girl or – a guy who swings a different way than you. Oh, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, maybe he's flattered. Maybe he takes it as a compliment. <laughs> I think it's weird as hell, but maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll take it the right way, not you. Yeah, you maybe Chris Kleiman is, is playing that in the K-State locker room <laughs> at practice today. That uh, Some old black guy called you cute, Avery. I think he, I thought he played cute. I thought, the way, I thought, I thought his game is kind of cute. He's got a little bit of everything going on in his game. Yeah, he throws the ball pretty well too. He's not like a slouch throwing it down the field either. No, no, he played well. He really did. And Will Howard had been struggling a little bit for K State. Uh, I wonder what they're going to do moving forward. If they're going to stick with Avery Johnson, I got, or, I got a feeling they will. Yeah, they play. Uh, they host TCU this coming Saturday. Nice win for TCU. They beat the hell out of BYU. A lot of people thought maybe that was going to be an upset in Fort yeah. Worth, but that game was ugly from the start. TCU went out to a 14-0 lead like five minutes in, and they never looked back. Yeah, I don't like them catching their win right now. I don't like them getting no. a breath of fresh air. No, of course, they've had Texas's number in recent years, so they got off to a bad start. The Colorado game, everybody watched that, but they also lost to West Virginia, and everyone's like, oh, TCU is not very good, but they've uh, they've put it together, seems like, over the last couple of weeks with the, with a couple of wins, so. We'll see that game, obviously, later in the year in November for the Longhorns when they have to go to Fort Worth. Is there Will there be a change in my Heisman predict, uh, votes and things on Thursday, you think, with USC losing to Notre Dame? Yeah. The, the quarterback, I mean, three. Sucked. They all sucked. Yeah. I mean, there were rumors last week, and I wish I would have known this before my cousin 
put some money on USC. Oh, no. There were rumors that Lincoln Riley was talking to the Chargers about a potential opening in the NFL. Uh-oh. I don't know if those are true. The Riley family on the move again? Obviously. Well, they wouldn't have to move very far. They'd be no. going from L.A. to L.A. Uh, but, you know, the Chargers still have their coach. Maybe after tonight, wow. if the Cowboys beat them, that could change. Uh, I don't know if those are true or not. That could just be people saying stuff to excuse what happened for you. Oh, maybe you could be moving to Dallas. Oh, to take the Cowboys job? That's a part of he, the gig tonight, too. I don't know if he wants that smoke, dude. This guy seems to just shy away from any sort of pressure, which sounds counterintuitive if he's going to the NFL, which is the highest level of football, and there's always pressure in the NFL, but I don't know what his future holds, man. I mean, he left Oklahoma in large part because he didn't want to move to the SEC, and when he took that USC job, he was thinking, ah, oh, I get to be in the Pac-12, which normally sucks. This year, the Pac-12, really good, uh, but he's like, ah, oh, I get this easy path to the playoff, and then obviously USC is going to the Big Ten next year. Wow. I don't think he wanted to deal with that, so yeah, I don't know what the issue was, but yeah, Notre Dame and ass-whooping. Caleb Williams threw three picks, so he's he's not the favorite anymore. It's it's Michael Penix who's the favorite, and in some yes. places he was the favorite before the weekend, but he gets the win over Oregon. Caleb Williams gets the loss. That O-line for USC sucks. He got sacked like 30 times, it felt like, uh, but three picks and an L. Now, Michael uh, Michael Penix is uh, is your favorite, and he, he should be yours too, Buck, on Thursday. He will be. He yeah. will be. That was that was a, a that was a fantastic football game. Oh man, yeah. I was uh, I was at ACL on Saturday, but I made sure they've got a bunch of TVs around the festival, which is great. So I was able to watch uh, a lot of football over the last couple of days and some baseball last night too. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I made sure I went and watched the last ten minutes of that game. I was checking my phone, checking the score. I'm like, oh, this is close. This could set up for an epic finish. And sure enough, it did. Oregon, Dan Lanning, they they went for the knockout blow, right? They They're did, second to yes. last drive, fourth down. Instead of punting, trying to pin Washington deep, uh, they go for it. They don't get it. Washington gets great field position. And in, in two plays, they score. I that mean, dude like, takes a lot of chances as a head coach. I mean, he's he's a chancy dude. Yeah, and it's it's worked for the most part. Uh, but, yeah, no, they, they turn it over. And then Washington, like, too quickly. I'm like, oh, they scored too fast. They gave Oregon plenty of time. To, uh, to march down the field. All they needed was a field goal to tie. They get into field goal range, and then college kickers, man, 43-yard field goal at the buzzer that would have forced overtime. No good, and UW holds on. Hell of a game. I mean, Bo oh, Nix yeah. played great. Michael Penix Jr. played great. That was as advertised, man. Of yes, course, it Vegas, was. Vegas right on the nose. The line was three. Washington wins by three. Yeah, that I don't – One game. Bo Nix doesn't drop down very far in the Heisman race for me with that because huh. they're probably not going to lose again, and they – and I thought he played a pretty good game. He did. Yeah. I don't think he turned it over in the game. Uh, 337 and two touchdowns for oh, yeah. Knicks. Uh, Bucky Irving, their running back, had a really, really solid day, too. Just Washington's offense, man. I mean, he figured this be a pretty high-scoring game with these two quarterbacks, with these two offenses. But, dude, the, the receivers that Washington has. I mean, yes. Roma Dunze is going to be a first-round pick. Jalen Polk has turned into a stud. He'll probably be a first-round pick. They just have so much talent on the outside. And, yeah, both of these teams are you – know, they're, they're both in the top ten for a reason. They're two of the ten best teams absolutely, in the country. You're absolutely right, BK. I, like, I, I enjoyed that game. I thought that was a really good, solid football game, offensively, defensively, too. Yeah, and it's uh, – you know, those programs are in good hands, right? And it's 
kind of frustrating as a Texas fan. We feel good about Sark now in year three, but I just think of like the last decade and how no coach could figure it out. Yeah, Dan Lanning, year two at Oregon. Kalen DeBoer, year two at Washington. Uh, those teams are, are really, really, really good and well-coached for the most part. So, uh, big win for Dub, And, yeah, their playoff hopes, I mean, they've got tough games. That's the thing about this Pac-12 this year. They might just cannibalize each other because yes. there are so many good teams. But I said it. I mean, if there's a one-loss Pac-12 champ, that team should absolutely be in the Final Four. Like, a lot of years, no. The Pac-12 sucks, whatever. But this year, yeah, if it's Washington or, hey, if Oregon can run the table from now, right. USC, I don't think anybody believes that they will. But if they go and run the table the rest of the way, uh, one lost Pac-12 team should absolutely be in. I just wonder if there's a team that can go through this gauntlet with just one loss because it's very good this year. Yes, but I did have – my cousin did have Penn State minus 42. Against what, UMass? Yes, the Minutemen. Jeez. I've never, I've never done a line like that before. Yeah, that is, that's terrifying. Those lines are the worst. 42? Oh, and you hit it, and now you're going to probably do those lines every week. When, when we get to November, <laughs> SEC cupcake season, you're going to be all over Georgia minus 50 against like Austin P or something. What is that, week 11? Is that week 11 where the SEC yeah. plays nobody? It's like, yeah, I think it's the second to last or third to last week of the year. Yeah, I, I look forward to that. Actually, I think that might be going away when Texas and OU bolt for the SEC, so we might not get that uh, that perk because they're going to go to a nine-game conference schedule at some point. You would Do we think. have a wrong team favored in Tennessee? Alabama? Uh, oh, no. We we're going to take Tennessee against Alabama? They I mean, the Aggies? No, You're that no, high on the Aggies? No, no, Tennessee? No, no, Tennessee over the Aggies. No, no. Tennessee was favored in that game. Um yeah, 20 to 13. Lee said wrong team favorite. He thought the Aggies yeah. were going to win. I did too. I did too. Uh, Tennessee's defense was great. Max Johnson struggled. A couple of fourth quarter interceptions. Tennessee had a kickoff return touchdown. Kickoff punt. I can't remember. Return touchdown, which was the difference of the game. And yeah, defensive struggle. But Tennessee. Wow. Tennessee's on. defense played pretty good. To watch yeah. them play defense, they were they were strong up front. Yeah, Tennessee at Alabama this coming weekend. And for the Aggies, keep Jimbo around, please. Can we get Jimbo to win a few games down the stretch so he stays? Come on, man. Like, they're four they and three right played, now. They still have a game with LSU to come. Is that where they played them already? No, they've got LSU. They've uh -oh. got Ole Miss. I think I think both of those are road games, too, for AM this year. Yeah, LSU's starting stars. to find their stride now. Look out. Let me pull up the Phil Steele here. Yeah, South. They, so they're off next week, home against South Carolina, at Ole Miss, home against Mississippi State, home against Abilene Christian. There you go. And then at LSU. Wow. To close the year. Yeah, that's become their final game every year against LSU. I wonder if that changes with Texas going into the SEC. Hopefully it does. But, uh, yeah, so at Ole Miss, at LSU, still on the schedule for the Aggies. They're 4-3 and three right now. Wow. Of course, they only won five games last year. I think they're going to make a bowl game this year. Dude, they better they were, make a bowl game. Yeah, I think I had them at like nine and three before the year. I was a little bit higher on the Aggies than most. And uh, yikes, 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 yikes. So they're ready to get rid of Jimbo, but I'm not. I want Jimbo to stay there forever. There's That's a good see. That's that's being kind-hearted. Yes. And they, it ain't your money. What do you care? It's not their no, money I don't either. Want, I don't want these hardworking oilmen across the state of Texas 
to have to spend all of their hard-earned cash to pay Jimbo Fisher to not coach. I want those guys to keep the money, spend it on the families, hell, right. donate it to charity, you know, do something good, and let Jimbo Fisher, you gave him a contract, let him coach out the contract. You're Come men on. of your word, Aggies. Come on, military men. Like, let no. him coach, finish his contract, let him stick around, and uh, it'll he, all be good. That dude better have eight wins. He better have – and eight is at the minimum. He better yeah. get that eighth win somehow. And they got to go, and what, it, four and one to get there. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they can do that. As, as Jake says, yeah, it's only year six for Jimbo. He just needs more time to get his guys in there. But. Yeah, he needs 10 years. He needs 10-year plan. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was uh, – I thought that was one the Aggies were going to get on Saturday, but it's just – New problem every week for them. I mean, the Miami game, it was the defense where Tyler Van Dyke just threw it all over the field, and they got their defense kind of figured out. But uh, Alabama, you know, they, they had a blocked field goal. Hell, two weeks in a row, special teams have been bad for AM. Yeah. You could argue that they cost him both of those games. And then, yeah, once again, Max Johnson, the backup. But at times, he's looked really good. I mean, he started more than 20 games in his college career, so – he, he's uh, a more experienced backup than just about every other team in the country has. You'd think he'd be okay. Dude, that, uh, he, that wide receiver well, core that they have is fantastic now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man. It is, it is. It is. Um, but, yeah, Max Johnson, two fourth-quarter picks. Couldn't get the ball to those uh, talented wide receivers, and Tennessee gets the victory over the Aggies. So there's some college football. We'll uh, continue to recap more college football, but we got to give some love to some more of our sponsors. Buck, who do you want to hit next? I want to talk about Dr. Greg Eckert. It's yeah. getting towards that time, folks. You know, that dental insurance. I know people started thinking, I've got to use up this dental insurance. You know, it's getting towards the new year. Or I'm going to lose it. Well, that's exactly right. But don't start waiting until November. Start making those appointments now with Dr. Greg Eckert. He's been doing this for about 28 years, but he does this. He does general dentistry, and he does the most advanced work. I got my teeth restored, veneers, and just two visits with a great doctor. But if you're thinking about dental implants, talk to Dr. Eckert today. Call him today at 512-345-3166. If you're not satisfied with your smile and how your teeth look, dental implants is the way to go. He'll turn that frown upside down. Now, if you need extractions, teeth cleaning, teeth whitening, general dentistry, He's going to do that, too. And there's a lot of folks out there right now that will not go to the dentist because they have dental anxiety. How about IV sedation? Yes, if it's just that bad for you, if you're that scared that you don't want to go to the dentist, maybe get yourself a big dog, sit out on the porch with your big dog. But I'll say this. You've got to get that dental health taken care of. So if IV sedation is the only way you feel safe and comfortable at the dentist, Dr. Greg Ecker will get that done for you. As I said, almost 28 years of service. Over 1,400 cases of restoring teeth. Dude, his telephone number, 512-345-3166. He's still taking on new patients, so give him a call. He's our dentist. He should be your dentist also. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Shout out to Dr. Eckert, and also shout out to our friends at GreatBlueHeronFurniture.com. Great Blue Heron Furniture, a custom leather furniture company that started back in 1991. They focus on heavy leathers, hides, and fabrics ranging from traditional Western to modern farmhouses. Buck, when you get that farmhouse off 281, mm -hmm. yeah. you got to call Great Blue Heron Furniture. Uh, this stuff is beautiful, man. I mean, this furniture is just gorgeous. If you're looking for a wow piece to spice up your home a little bit, when you have friends or family over, they're like, where the hell did you get that couch or that recliner or that headboard or whatever? Uh, Great Blue Heron Furniture, they can give you that look 
in your home. This stuff is stylish. This stuff is comfortable. It doesn't just look good. It feels good because that's important. And this stuff is well-built. It's built to last, not for years, but for decades. I'm telling you, you cannot, you will not find more stylish, more comfortable, more well-built furniture anywhere in the world than at greatblueheronfurniture.com. There's a link in the video description below if you're watching on YouTube. It will take you right to our Texas Sports Unfiltered Collection. Type in the promo code HOOKEM. You're going to get 15% off. That's right, 15% off furniture. I don't know how many places are doing that. This stuff is legit. I'm telling you, the quality is second to none. Check them out, greatblueheronfurniture.com. And thanks to our friends over at Coda. Circuit of the Americas this week will be hopping. Uh, they, they sponsor, of course, our text line, 512-222-9328. Thank you to Bobby Epstein and the gang out there at Circuit of the Americas. Coda will be going. Got Queen. You got the Killers. You got the F1 race. That place will be packed. This city is just filled with people. Do they ever go home? You people need to go. Maybe after this week, you can start going home to your you different. You, yeah, you people. Back to your different villages and hamlets all over this world. Yeah. Because they will be coming from all over the world. They have been for the last two weeks here in Austin. They will continue this week coming in. That airport will be jammed up this morning. People leaving, you know, for ACL and people coming in for CODA. It's going to be unbelievable. Let me tell you, it's a different clientele. ACL and F1. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. The Formula One folks are a little bit different than the ACL crowd. A little bit more foreign, a little bit older, a little bit wealthier. Yeah, for sure. Not that it's cheap to go to ACL these days. My goodness, shout out to Tom McKay, AV Consultations, for hooking me up this year. There you go. But, uh, yeah, no, F1, that's – I mean, you could people watch at both of those spots, but it's uh, – you get uh, the creme de la creme, some of the wealthiest people in the entire world coming in to Austin, Texas for Formula One. That is a high-end, pompous sport, and it's on full display this weekend. So, and they're uh, yeah. one of our sponsors, and we are high-end, and we are more than pompous. Yeah, that's for sure. What are we? You're always talking about jamming it down dudes' throats. I don't know how pompous that We're is. We're almost biodegradable. That's how we are. That's right. Is that a good thing? That's a good thing. Heck yeah, okay. man. I think I saw Trey picking his nose last week. I don't know if that's pompous. You caught him? I think so. Yeah, you know what I had this weekend? A couple nice, fresh olipops, too, my friend. Hey! Yes, nice. I did. That was, nice. I stayed away from the Coca-Cola, but I had two olipops yesterday. During the NFL, watching NFL football, fantastic taste. I, I am getting so used to that taste. Let me tell you, I, I like the cola, but I'm I'm a I'm a grape guy. I'm a weird grape, you know, grape soda drinker, but yeah. it's got good stuff in it. I can taste the good stuff. Dude, you know? I think I'm probably starting to get used to it. There you go. I like the good news is I can't taste the healthy stuff. I can only taste the good tasting stuff. That's, That's what like, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, man. I think I think grapes my favorite flavor too. Honestly, yes. like that one or the root beer, or the cream soda. Those are like my three go tos right now. But yeah, Olipop, the Bucks in, chips in. I'm in. Hell, my sister who lives up in Oregon. She's like, I drove to a different city to get some Olipop the Come other on day. Now? Yeah, this stuff is uh, legit. The good news is if you're listening in in Austin or Dallas or Houston, uh, a little easier to find. Ollie popped in, uh, I guess, Corvallis, Oregon, where my sister lives. But uh, this stuff is legit. It's great tasting soda that's actually good for you. And I hate healthy stuff. Y'all know that. I'm not. That's lame. Life's too short to try to be healthy. (laughs) Ollie pop tastes great. It tastes like soda. And I'm not just pouring battery acid into my system like I was when I was actually drinking 
the big name soda brand. So Olipop changed my life. Nine grams of fiber in every can, very little sugar, very few calories. This stuff helps with your digestive health. And uh, most importantly for me, it tastes great. Get you some. 7-Eleven's got it. Shout out to our great sponsors at 7-Eleven. They've got Olipop. They've got it at HEB. They've got it at Target. They've got it at Walmart. They've got it at Costco, Whole Foods, wherever you get your groceries. I think Central Market, too. Uh, someone tweeted at me. I think Jay Longhorn, I think, was his name. I got to retweet him. But uh, he said he got Olipop this weekend and loves it. So this stuff is uh, is great. If you all haven't tried it yet, you're missing out. Seriously, it's a game changer. It is a game changer. Absolutely. Uh, are we are I'm, I'm interested in what the injury report that will be coming out hopefully today from Sark. Uh, I, I wonder if JT Sanders, how, how he's feeling, you know, going into this football game. Someone said, who cares? Let him rest. No, he needs to play. They need to have everybody playing in this football game. When you mm. lose a game like they lost, you know, two weeks ago, that, that everybody needs to get in that, that positive feel, you know, get right back in the swing of things. So I hope hopefully he's able to go this week. Yeah, I hope he's able to go this week. But if if he, but I need him at hundred. I don't need him at. I don't need him at eighty. I'm not throwing him out there at eighty, hoping that he gets better and he's not going to take a hit against these guys. No, you take a hit every time you step on that field, or you practice. So I I need him to be very close to hundred percent. Yeah, I said before the Oklahoma game that hey, JT Sanders at eighty ninety percent is is a better option than anybody Texas has at tight end. Problem was he wasn't at 80 or 90%. No, he looked no. like he was about at 50 to 60%. Yes. And at times he was more of a liability than an asset, which oh, if you're a Texas fan and you've watched Tavion Sanders play this year, you know that that guy is always an asset when he's right. Uh, so I don't know. Like, I hope he's been cleared. I mean, he, he, you would think he's okay if he played in the game last week and he had a week off, but yes. uh, you, you shouldn't need him. You shouldn't need him against Houston. It doesn't mean like, Oh, if he's like 100%, just don't even play him because it's no. Houston, whatever. No, he needs to play. Favorite. But, like, you should be able to beat Houston without Jatavion Sanders. You should be able to beat them relatively handily without Jatavion Sanders. No coach ever thinks like that. No coach will ever say something like that. That's why me, the layman, the casual fan, can say stuff like that. I'll say That's the exactly stuff that the coaches right. won't say. Uh, but, yeah, like, you've got bigger games on your schedule, okay? BYU, maybe, but K-State. TCU, Iowa State, like those games, that three hey, games. Troy McGuire and the gang. Uh, I didn't mention him for a reason. <laughs> because you have other tough games to play. Yeah, yeah, really. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, that three-game stretch, uh, you, you know, that that's going to determine if you make it to the Big 12 championship and get your shot at redemption against Oklahoma. Like, those are the bigger, those are the tougher games. And you need your, your cornerbacks. You mean those guys in the secondary back, too. Yeah, well, hopefully, yeah. I don't know what the deal is with Ryan Watts. Like you said, I, we'll get an injury report from Sark today, uh, and we'll we'll find out uh, what's going on with those two guys. I mean, Ryan Watts was very missed against Oklahoma. He was. He, he's the best corner on this team. I couldn't believe how many Texas fans were like, nah, we'll be perfectly fine there. It's like, dude, Dylan no. Gabriel's good, and OU's got good receivers. You're, you're without your number one corner. Like, that's going to be an issue. And I think Ryan Watts' best trade is just how physical he is. Sure. He's a great tackler for a corner. And I like I'm getting flashbacks still of Jaleel Farouk just breaking a tackle every single time he caught the ball. Like I don't think that happens against Ryan Watts. So well, uh, yeah. none of their wide receivers got displaced or moved off. You know, I mean, when when Watts gets his hands on you because he's so big, he'll move you. You know, he moves you off your spot when you have to get down the field. Yep. None of those guys got moved off their spots with the young guys. They went right by them. 
Yeah, yeah, it sure feels that way. Gavin Holmes, the transfer from Wake Forest, didn't have a great day. No. Malik, Malik Muhammad did a lot of good things. He got burned, though, a couple of times on that final OU drive. Hell, everybody on the Texas defense got burned a couple of times on that final OU drive. But, yeah, like these guys, the off week came at a good time. Uh, you would think guys are getting healthier. Jake sure. Majors, Jake Majors is not going to play. Uh, you know, conflicting reports about how long he's out, but he, he's not going to be there this weekend. The good news is Cole Hudson will be back. So Texas was down to its third uh, third string center against Oklahoma once Majors got hurt on the second drive of the game, and that was a freaking massive blow. Uh, Cole Hudson should be back. He's the you know right guard, but he's this team's backup center. So right. they'll have uh, a little bit of reinforcements coming there, which will make a difference. Uh, but yeah, no Jake Majors, and we'll see what happens with Ryan Watts. We'll see what happens with uh, Jatavion Sanders as well. Yeah, the injury bug, it, it's hurting. That's why the bye week came at a good time, and and for I'm not Catalan, call, who knows? We'll find out about him too. Yeah, I'm not gonna call Houston a bye, but like this, this is uh this is the easiest game Texas has left on its yes. schedule. I know it's a road game, it's not gonna feel like a road game. I'm here to tell you. If you watch that game against West Virginia, you saw there were like 30% of the stands filled for that one. Uh it's a sellout on Saturday. I think that tells you who's doing most of the selling and who's going to be there. Be a ton of burnt orange. It might feel like a home game for Texas, honestly. Uh, but yeah, like Houston's not good. Texas 22 point road favorites. Like this, this is the get right game, but also if some of your guys need an extra week off. No coach will ever say that once again, but give those guys the extra week off. Yeah, you're right. I mean, especially a guy like Sanders, you know, you, he can't go in there that 75% and play in there if he's still hobbled up because that's that, that, that's one of those things that will linger on and on. Give him another week after this and let him go, you know? just have to you you really can't get him you can't afford to get him you know from 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 75 percent bk to down to 50 percent the following week because you know you played him in that football game we could have got another week of rest but if he's 100 percent, yes he has to play it's time for him to go back in there and get in there and play the game yeah yeah i hope it doesn't sound like i don't want jatavion sanders to play on saturday like i I would love for him to play because that would mean he's very close to 100 percent and, uh, you know, the ankle that was ailing him against the Sooners is no longer ailing him. That That's without question, best case scenario. But yes. yeah, you can't uh, you can't throw JT Sanders, that version of JT Sanders, no. back out there. And Gunnar Helm looked good, too. Like, he, he's right. emerged into a decent player. Fine. Yeah, he's not Sanders. No one will tell you who he is. But, like, he, he looks like a very solid number two tight end. I think he's a guy who would be a number one tight end on a lot of power five teams Absolutely. across college football. So, yeah, it's not like you have nobody else who can do anything for you in that tight end room. Um, you've got Gunnar Helm, who, once again, is, is solid enough to, to make some things happen. He can be an impact player in the passing game, too, for Texas. I saw the Georgia's tight end go down with a little ankle on the sideline the other day. I was, I mean, that surprised me. I, I, I didn't see him get – I was thinking that he got rolled up on, on the sideline, but that's – it looks like it's just a – I don't like to say just a high ankle sprain because those things last – it seems like forever with dudes. And especially yeah. if you're a wide receiver and having to make those cuts. And the kind of cuts he takes, he takes those hard cuts. So that that's that could be a little bit of a problem for the Bulldogs, who yeah. didn't come out of the gates all that hot early against Vandy. No, you know, Georgia just continues to slog along, man. I mean, they, they've played really well in a couple of games, right? Kentucky last weekend. Mm-hmm. Kentucky was unbeaten. Yeah, they punched him right in the face, yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah, maybe that'll be close, or maybe Kentucky could spring the upset, and Georgia just, I mean, they they were Georgia. Uh, But, yeah, in Vanderbilt, which is basically a home game for Georgia, man, I mean, every time they play up there, it's 
It's like 80% Georgia fans. Most of the Vandy fans who do show up are gone at halftime because their team is usually down by 40. Uh, that game was a little bit more interesting than I think Georgia fans would have liked. So there, there's no, I mean, this, this has kind of been a topic of conversation around the college football landscape that there's just no super dominant team. I think Georgia gets the benefit of the doubt. They should. They've won two in a row. They've won 400 games in a row, it feels like. Uh, Michigan looks great. I think they're the best team in college football right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they were your sleeper going into the season. Yeah, they're my sleeper. So congrats on, I, I guess, being right on that. Uh, but we, we truly don't know about Michigan, do we? Like, they've made the playoff two years in a row. We know Harbaugh's a good coach. Like, the program's fine. They're, they're one of the top five teams in college football. But they just they haven't played anybody that tough yet and they will no, play Penn no. state and they will play Ohio state. Like those are the two where it's like, Oh, if they, if they win both of those games, then hey, oh, yeah. they might, they might be favored over Georgia. Right. To, and, that, and, and I, if, if they be, if, if Michigan finds a way to beat Ohio state and Penn state, they may then get the nod. Georgia may move to number two and yep. Michigan may move to number one. Yeah. Cause the sec is, you know, not as good as it has been. And, uh, Georgia's schedule. Yeah, you talk about Michigan not playing anybody. Georgia's kind of in the same boat, too. Yeah, Michigan, they're at Michigan State this week, going up against the Brenda Tracys. Then they've got a <laughs> then they've got a bye week. And then home against Purdue, who sucks. Like Ohio Hudson State. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry about that, Hudson. Like Ohio State had like three of its best players out at Purdue, and they still beat them, I think, 44 to 7. Oh, yeah. That, that game wasn't close. Uh, but the last three games for Michigan. At Penn State in Happy Valley. At Maryland, who they lost to Illinois at home. Yikes. I mean, they're not very tough anymore. And then home against Ohio State. So it's really like the the third to last game and the last game for Michigan. At Penn State, top 10 team, unbeaten. uh, Home against Ohio State. And by the way, Ohio State hosts Penn State this Saturday, this coming Saturday. So if you're like not buying into any of those teams, maybe people buying more into Ohio State now because Notre Dame beat the brakes off of uh, USC on Saturday. But if you're just skeptical of all of those Big Ten teams, then you'll get your first uh, head-to-head between those three top dogs in that conference start uh, coming up this Saturday. What's the early line looking like for the Penn State? Because I'm going Nittany Lions. I'm going, that's right, that's right. In the shoe? Nittany, yes. I think it's uh, five and a half. Wow, that's not enough. Not enough. I Ohio. need six. I need six. Oh, I'm seeing Seven. Ohio You said you're taking a money line. Why does it matter? Yes, I'll take the money line. Yes, I'll take the Nittany Lions. How many units? I'm probably thinking maybe 2,000 units on that. All right, congrats to the Buckeyes and congrats to what? me and everybody else <laughs> on the free money. No, I'm taking them there, but I will not take them against Michigan. Michigan will be ready to punch them right in the head. Down to four and a half, by the way. Early money's coming in on uh, Penn State. Yeah. I'm liking the young quarterback that you like. I like their quarterback. Yeah, Drew Aller. And their 12 yeah. running backs that they have. My goodness. Yeah, 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 yeah. Both teams 6-0 and going into the shoe. College game day, I think, will be there. It's an 11 a.m. kick next Saturday. Which That's is- all right. The kids from Pennsylvania go to bed early. Did you go to bed early? What does that mean? I mean, they just go to, they go sleep early, yeah. Okay. Not much, not much to do there at Penn State. No, not much to do at Ohio State either, right? So they're just – Oh, there's a ton to do. There's all kinds of couches you can burn. There's everything <laughs> you can do there. People you can rob. There's tons to do it in Columbus. Mm. Yeah, it's okay. Okay, we'll see. Yeah, big uh, big college football Saturday coming up. Ohio State, Penn State, that's the biggest game. Tennessee at Alabama is intriguing. 
Uh, Duke at Florida State is intriguing. Utah at USC. You get, uh, I think those four rank versus rank matches. Yeah, all these teams we talk about, could Florida State be the best of all of them that we really? I don't know. I mean, like that that Boston College game just sticks in the back of my mind. Don't let it happen to you. That's the we're we're talking about. You're talking about the the Eagles there, so be careful there, will you? And they they beat Clemson. They won at uh, the fake Death Valley, so that's an impressive win. I know Clemson's not what they have been, but still, like you know, they they found a way to win that game, which is good. I don't know if Riley Leonard's going to play for Duke this Saturday. That's their quarterback who was who's been great all year. Yeah, that's a high angle slash broken ankle. Yeah. That dude so, has. So, like, I, I don't – like, Florida State's a 14-point favorite right now, which tells me that Riley Leonard is probably not going to go. I don't think Duke has said anything yet, trying to go a little gamesmanship and not tip their hand, but – Their Florida backup State is being, all right, but he's not that kid. No, 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 no. They, they don't have a shot to beat Florida State in Tallahassee. And, yeah, I mean, Florida State, you look at their schedule, they don't play any ranked teams. Like, they're – they got to play at Pitt, which apparently is tough. Louisville. Uh, they got my. They got Miami at home, and they got at Florida to end the year. But like, Florida State, man, they uh, they can run the table, and they can win that ACC championship. And obviously, if they do that, they'll be in the playoffs. So they've got a shot. I don't think they're on Michigan's level. I don't think they're on Georgia's level. Like I think I'd pick both of those teams to beat them on a neutral site. Uh, I think I'd pick Texas to beat Florida State on a neutral site, honestly, or at a neutral site. Well, you're, uh, there's a lot of teams that you're going to take over Georgia if the tight end doesn't play. No, they're still not. Still really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Brock Bowers is awesome. That's not an indictment on him. That guy's one of the best players in the country. But uh, I'm not – maybe a couple of teams I would take over Georgia if, if Brock Bowers is out. I would for take Florida State time. over them if he doesn't. If, if I know he's out, I'd take I Florida State. I wouldn't. I can't even go there. Be, well, that's why I am who I am. Down 6,000 units. That's why you are who you are, down 6,000 <laughs> units. That's it, huh? I'm that guy. Yeah, well, you're that guy for a lot of the wrong reasons, dude. Oh, man. All right, we got a funny story we got to get to here in a moment, but uh, let's give some love to a few more of our great sponsors. By the way, i trying to confirm, but I'm fairly certain Todd Callis will be joining us at 940. Right. Todd Callis, the TV voice of the Houston Astros. So, We'll get back into uh, the ALCS regardless, but hopefully we get uh, TK's expert opinion here within the next 20 minutes or so. But how about uh, Texas Orthopedics? Speaking of experts, seeking specialized patient-focused orthopedic care, if you are, contact the experts at Texas Orthopedics. Their physicians offer comprehensive surgical and non-surgical orthopedic care for children and adults. Spinal care, sports medicine, of course, trauma care, joint replacements, rheumatology, and more. Say hello to Chris Danny and Chris Stockton when you are there. They're dedicated orthopedic surgeons, and their goal is to get you right back into good health and a great quality of life. Visit them at TXOrtho.com. Texas Orthopedics is one of the largest independent orthopedic practices in the state of Texas. For more information, once again, go to TXOrtho.com. Yes, indeed. Shout out to them and shout out to Altstat Beer. Yes, the best beer that you can find all throughout the world. We're lucky enough to have it right here. In the state of Texas, it's brewed in Fredericksburg. But yeah, if you're in Austin, if you're in Dallas, if you're in Houston, wherever you are, you need to be accompanying your good times with the greatness of Altstad beer. Oktoberfest. Oh, yeah. I had a few over the weekend. The Altstad Oktoberfest is back. Weather's cooling down. Football's in full swing. Postseason baseball is here. Hockey's back. Basketball's around the corner. It's the best time of the sports calendar year. 
You need a great beer to drink when you're watching all of your favorite sports. That should be Altstadt beer. Once again, brewed locally. So you're supporting a local company, but the taste, that's what set Altstat, uh, sets Altstadt apart. They've got a bunch of different brews too. Something for every beer drinker out there. And every Altstadt beer is brewed without preservatives, without additives, without unnecessary sugars. This stuff is clean, but it tastes great. That's the important part. I love it. It's all I drink when I'm drinking beer. And uh, I think when you try it, you won't go back to the other beers that you have been drinking in the past. It's all stat beer, no impurities, no regrets. Love it. And a word for how about Jack Allen's Kitchen, Buck? You can get all stat beer there. I will huh? be there today, brother. I will be there. I'm meeting Steve Foster. I'm having lunch with Foss today. Yeah. Over out in, in Oak Hill, Jack Allen's Kitchen. I love that place right there. Whether whether you're headed there for uh, for a date, you're going there with your wife just to hang out at the bar or you've got a meeting, that's the place to go. they got special rooms there for you if you're having a meeting with groups. It's a it's a wonderful place, and they've got wonderful food and excellent service. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great happy hour, too. 3 to 6.30 every day, half-price appetizers, dollar-off drinks. Uh, Salt Traders Coastal Cooking, of course, Jack Gilmore's other restaurant. They've got all-day happy hour today. So if you were looking for a place to watch the Cowboys game tonight, Salt Traders Coastal Cooking, all-night happy hour there. Yeah, Jack Allen's is is stupid good, man. What's the uh, what's the order going to be today? What are you thinking? Uh, you know, I like the um, quesadillas there. Yeah, looks like a little quesadilla lunch, a little clo- coleslaw on top. Yes, that's I, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, the, the barbacoa, barbacoa quesadillas with barbacoa. that slaw in there. Yeah, a little slaw in there. Absolutely. Those are ridiculously good. Yep. Shout out to uh, Jack Allen's Kitchen. Shout out to Salt Traders Coastal Cooking as well. Love both of those spots. All right, we've got a we've got a news story, Buck. This oh, uh, my, oh what about my news story? Uh, prayers out, shout out, of course, and prayers to um, Susan Summers passed away. That's right, Three's Company. Susan Summer, the blonde bombshell, passed away at seventy-seven years old, cancer survivor. Um, I remember watching Three's Company. Yes, that's right. You wouldn't, you're not, you have no clue what Three's Company is. Susan Summers? Yeah. Suzanne Summers. Uh, I know that name. You do? I don't know who Susan Summers was. No, Suzanne Summers, though. Yeah. Yeah. Three's Company. And I'm not going to act like I've watched a bunch of that show. She had a lot of videos that she put out on on fitness, and she's a a cancer survivor. Hmm. She uh she didn't she didn't make it this time. What got no, her? Do we know? Seven, oh, no, I do not know. Mm. Seventy-seven years old. Yeah, 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 yeah. R.I.P. to Suzanne Summers. Yes, Buck loves her so much. She got her name wrong. Thigh Master. You could say Susie Thigh Master. Is that her? Is she one of those workout, workout video chicks? There you go. Yeah, she sing too or no? Just act. Just basically act. Don't do the singing thing, I don't think. Okay. Well, she's dead, so you don't have to tell her what she can and can't do anymore. <laughs> no. I don't know if you telling Suzanne Summers to not do the singing thing is going to carry a lot of weight now that uh, she can't hear you. No. So, R.I.P. Jack Tripper. Never got her, Buck. Never got her. I was always Jack Tripper with the friends. Never got the girl. Just the nice dude with the two girls in my life. Yeah. Really? I don't know that. I don't know that reference. What does that mean? You never got the girl. That's no, no, no. You always had, you know, you always had the two beautiful friends that were, that were girls growing up in high school or college, but 
Yeah. You never got either one because you were just a friendly guy. I know oh. you were. You didn't play that role. You didn't play that game. You were getting one of the two girls. You were Somebody, friend zoned. Yes, I was the friend zone guy. Oh man! In high school, I got put in the friend zone a few I was, times. I was very much in the friend zone with where uh, Willie, uh, um, the Maras at Boston College, Susie Mara. Oh wow! You could have been Kate Maras and. Kate yes, yes, the whole works, yes. Wow. You could have owned the New York Giants? <laughs> How do you think I got to go to the New York Giants? Ah. Because of the mayor, because of Susie Mara, yes. Affair? No, just uh, dorm mates across, you know, from the regular old dorm room, the little cell blocks, into the big high rise. We, yeah. were, we, were, we lived across, I lived across from her for three years. At B.C.? At Boston College, yes. Nice. Okay. Wellington, Mar Wellington Mara's daughter, Susan. What, what about uh, Pam Cummings? Were you in the friend zone with her? Yes. Stayed in the friend zone. Always. Just a roommate out of college. That's tough, man. Real tough. world. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's get to this story that has nothing to do with the uh, passing of Suzanne Summers. Rest in peace. Uh, and sorry about you getting friend zoned all the time, Buck. <laughs> That sucks. I got over that when I got to college. That's uh, oh really? You got out of the friend zone, did yeah, you? Yeah, I mean, you're always going to get friend zoned by somebody. I'm not going to act like I batted a thousand with every girl that I was uh, trying to get with. But okay, friend zone got me way more in high school than it uh, than it did in college. Now I'm putting people in the friend zone. There you, there you go. That's the yeah. best feeling in the world. I'm sure you did that to a few women too, right? Like, oh no, no, you have to be in the friend yeah. zone. Yes, yeah. Every, every, college, every, yes. every guy's got a couple both ways. Every person has a couple both ways, right? Uh, that's uh, that's the beauty of the game. What a scary look. character you are. Oh yeah, very. All right, scary. give me that okay. story. I'm scary. You're throwing HEB baggers into the back of your windowless van. Somebody has to put the bags in there. I just happen to get in first. No, they get in first. Oh, yeah. Okay, you get in there. I'll throw you the bag Jeez, and the Lysol and the other stuff. All right. Oh, God. All right. This story, it's a, it's a news clip. It's about two minutes long. We'll be muted during this. Okay. Uh, but this is uh, from Canada, our friends up north. And we've got a, uh, a shoplifter in a convenience store up there north of the border. I want you to watch this, and then we'll uh, get into a discussion about what you would do if you were in the store when this thing or if this thing showed up. A bear on Vancouver Island with a strong craving and, of course, no money, stole something from a store in Lake Cowichan this week. The CTV's Brendan Strain reports the bear walked past a lot of different foods before leaving with just what he came for. Monday morning, just outside Tipton's Gas Bar in Lake Cowichan, security footage shows a bear wandering the parking lot. I wasn't here. My husband was here. It was about 6.30 in the morning, and the door was open like it is now. The bear then decided to take advantage of that open door, wandering inside, past Karen's husband, Jay, who was manning the store at the time. He looked up, and there was a bear. The bear? paying no attention to Jay. He walked in and walked over there and followed the footprints around and came around here. Almost as though the bear was looking for something in particular. Passing the chocolate bars, bait fridge, and a cooler full of pepperoni sticks and sandwiches. Then finally, he appeared to find exactly what he was looking for. And there's a bunch of candies down here. And he took the 70 cent bag of gummy bears. Gummy bears. 
Happy with the choice, the bear then left the store as Jay watched on in disbelief, only to be taunted by the bear moments later. And laid down in the parking lot and ate his gummies. Look at the bear right there. The bear was literally right there. <laughs> Roughly eight hours later, a bear matching the same description, black, furry, and round, was seen in Tia's backyard, just across the street from the gas bar. It may be the same bear, or, yeah, so. This year has been a particularly bad year for bears. I'm shocked and dismayed that the public doesn't understand that it's their deal to deal with their garbage. They need to lock their garbage up. For now, Conservation Services will leave this bear alone, hoping that he leaves the area now that that gummy bear craving has been met. It was just bizarre. A strange incident indeed, but one the owners of Tipton's Gas Bar will never forget. Brendan Strain, CTV News, Lake Cowichan. If that bear would have grabbed my little Debbies, I would have been pissed. If I was in the store, we are going to have to fight. We're going to have to bear wrestle. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Wait a second. You're telling me that if you're at 7-Eleven, yes. saying what's up to our guy Ashish, yes. the black bear comes in there. And, and it's the last little Debbie's? Yeah, let's say it's the last double-decker oatmeal cream pie. I slapped bear- that bear right on his paws like a little, no, that's mine. And you know what the bear's going to do to you? What? Boom. No, that bear's not going to swat at me. That bear's going to move over and get the gummies that he got. Don't take my little Debbies. I'll offer the bear something else. I'd, I'd, I'd be taking stuff out of the wrappers, offering him something different. You can't have it with the little Debbies, though. You're going to no barter You're gonna barter with the bear inside 7-Eleven? What, you think you're going to be able to yeah. negotiate with this guy? Yeah, I'll give him one of the rotisserie weenies. Here, have a wiener. I don't know. Yeah. He, yeah, will take, he, he will take a wiener. He'll take yours after he... <laughs> Kills you <laughs> and drag me out. Yeah, <laughs> have a wiener. Yeah, that's not gonna work, dude. You see that dude? That dude was hiding behind there. He all of yeah. a sudden disappeared. Yeah. How terrified would you be? I'd be running out the back. I wouldn't even wait. See what the Offer bear the does. bear some olipop to go along with those guns. Oh uh, yeah, nice soda. You think what? He's gonna be able to crack one open and sh- come what on, bear. bear? Let me help you drink what this. Of, what kind of bears are you thinking of? I mean, what bears do you deal with? Oh, no, the ones at that pizza place. What is that little pizza place with the banjo bear and all that stuff? No, you know what? Know. That bear wasn't bothering anybody. Let him go. What are you gonna what are you gonna do if you're in there? Are you how fast are you getting out of there? Uh fast. Well, I don't know. What are you supposed to do when a bear walks in? Do you Word stand is, still and hope back it in the day? You? Back in the day, you don't run. You're supposed to stand still until he bites you because you're probably gonna scream when that bear bites your arm, aren't you? Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, went, I, went my arm? I went to Alaska and the, the ranger Rick told me, he goes, hey, listen, one thing you do is you don't run, which the first thing I'm doing is running. And then the second thing is, I said, so should I just stand here? He said, yeah, the bear will come and sniff you. And I'm like, when, when he bites, when his teeth goes through my arm, snaps my elbow and bites my arm, I'm probably <laughs> going to scream out and that bear is going to take my head off. I said, I, I think I'm going to have a better chance of taking off and running yeah. than have that bear sniff me and bite me first. He's I'm going to you. make a noise. Who's not going to make a noise if a bear bites you in the arm? Dude, I'd make the noise before the bear even bites me. Like I'd be, I'd be freaking out that there's a bear in there. No, it's different. The kind of noise you make when you take a shit is a little bit different because when you shit in your pants, when that bear is in there, it's going to be a little bit different. That noise is different from the one that when you – when he bites through, bites through your bone and snaps the bone in your arm because he wants to take a taste of you. No, well, 
I want I, I told that ranger, I said, no, dude, I'm not stopping and letting the bear sniff me. That bear's going to bite me. He wants, to, he wants to taste some of this little brown chocolate. I'm not letting him. I'm running. I'm better off seeing if that bear can catch me, which he will. Him. Yeah, he will. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe he'll catch somebody else before he catches you. Yeah. You know? Maybe some guy will be filling up his car at the Maybe uh, my wife will he'll catch up to her first. Although but she can outrun me. That's I've, never seen you, I've never seen you run, but I have seen you walk, and I don't think you'd have much of a chance against a bear, dude. Like, I don't think I would have any chance either, but I know I could outrun you. If we're in the 7-Eleven together, you know what yes. I'm doing? Pushing your ass down, and I'll <laughs> That is okay. it. I'm getting yeah. right into the eye to the freezer where all that – all stat is – I'm getting inside of that thing. He's going to have oh. to tear that whole thing apart. To get to me. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. Just try to go to the back of the freezer. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, now let, okay. So here's, here's what I think I would do if I'm in the 7 Eleven and there's a bear who walks in. I'm going to the rotisserie stand. Yes. With those taquitos and the hot dogs, but I'm still using the tongs. But you're not going to touch those with your hands. You're I'm a real not- civilian here, okay? I'm classed. I'm cultured. I, I'm I'm high class, okay? Just like uh, Mac and Charlie from Always Sunny. Nothing but class. I'm grabbing the tongs, grabbing a hot dog, and throwing it at the bear, <laughs> give, giving <laughs> him something to munch on. <laughs> He's like, you used your finger. You, know, you grabbed the tongs. Yeah, He's if I used my hands, he'd be like, I'm eating you. But because you <laughs> used the tongs, I'll go get the hot dog and give you time to run away. That's it. I'm distracting him with a hot dog. Because who doesn't love the 7-Eleven hot dogs? Oh, and then, boom, I'm out. Oh, that bear would have a field day. Yeah. He chose gummy bears. Well, is that as uh, our guy Rue says, is that cannibalism? A bear eating gummy bears? Did he just eat his brethren? That's just wrong. Those, those were his kids that could have grown up to be <laughs> real bears. A little... Little honey buns in there. I can't imagine a bear coming. That bear would tear that. That guy's so fortunate. That bear would tear that place apart. It's so funny, dude. I mean, how stoned was that bear? Like he just had the munchies, man. Like he just went in there. That is such a high snack, too. The gummy bears. Like so many of my friends, that's their go-to when they've uh, got the munchies. And that bear literally just went in there. Like somebody said, he's a descendant from Cocaine Bear. Did you ever see that movie? No, no, I didn't either. No, don't ever do it. Let's 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 make a vow never to watch that ever. No matter if it's on free. Now it's free. We don't need to see that ever. Not a fan. No, it seemed it seemed very stupid. Now I've watched a lot of stupid stuff, but I don't want to go that far. Well, it definitely seems stupid. I mean, the the whole premise is apparently it's based on a true story, or just a bear got into a bunch of cocaine and people were around him and they had to deal with this super jacked up grizzly. Yeah, just what I need. Another a jacked up grizzly, grizzly already. Mm. No, yeah, I no. I'm know, going. I'm, I'm like you. I'm going out the back door. I'm trying to find out uh, a Shisha Seven Eleven. How do I get to the back door? I'm not standing around. I'm not like the guy behind the counter. I'm not watching it. I'm not doing anything. I'm out. I'll tell you what. Yeah, next time I go to that Seven Eleven, the one that you always go to, also off Monterey Oaks. Um, I will be planning an escape route. I'm going to be looking for the back door. I'm going to be looking for freezers, like wherever I can go, just in case a black bear, because that makes sense in Austin, right? Sure. Uh, just in case a black bear is in the store at the same time as me, I got to be prepared. Get into the dumpster. You're fine. Oh, until he opens it up and gets in there with. Yeah, the, <laughs> <laughs> the bear's going to smell that and be like, hold on here. 
Wait a minute, let me go in this dumpster. For, oh, there's somebody in this dumpster. Yeah, wow. I get some meat here with the, wow. these, these scraps of other food and randomness in there. Crazy. So, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Yep, a uh, shoplifting bear eating gummy bears. Uh, cannibalism, perhaps. I'm not sure. But that would be a very terrifying experience if uh, we were in a convenience store and uh, a bear walked in. All right, some love to some other sponsors, as I think uh, Todd Callis will be joining us here momentarily. Uh, how about Woods Comfort Systems? I might need to put the heat on at some point. You know this what? Week. Uh, this week you may have to do that because there will be some in the 40s and uh, up in the Hill Country area, maybe in the high 30s in the evenings, uh, in the mornings, oh. early mornings. So think about that. If you had your Wood Comfort System and, and you've got everything all set, you've got your contract, you've changed your filters, it's ready to time. It's time to click on that heater. You know what I'm saying, BK? I won't do that. I like it really, really kind of cold. I'm a, I'm one of those people, I, I wait a little bit. You know what I mean? I open up all the windows and let it get real, real cool, let the house get real fresh. But mm, give me a couple of weeks. Once again, I'll let you know. I didn't let you know about the eclipse that was happening on Saturday. No, we all have Google, so we knew. You knew? Did you know? I yeah, should have been on that. I should have been one of the first people to report that, but I, I didn't report that. Mm. But uh, – when, when winter comes, you want to be prepared, and nobody does it like the folks at Woods Comfort Center. They really do a great job. And, and the people that come out and service your all your heaters or your air conditionings or now your plumbing, they are wonderful folks too. They've been doing it for over 60 years. Over 60 years, the very best in the business. And speaking of the very best in the business, our next guest is just that. He is the television voice of the Houston Astros on AT&T Sportsnet. And a guy that uh, I got to talk to a ton during my time in Houston, the great Todd Callis, joining us now on Texas Sports Unfiltered. TK, what's going on, man? Thanks for the time. <laughs> yeah, how's it going? Oh, we are uh, we are doing great, my friend. It's good to see you. You know, we always did phone interviews in Houston, so it's uh, it's good to be on this virtual sphere too. Yeah, let's do this. I mean, uh, Astros had a tough loss last night, so a W today would be huge, obviously. Yeah. Well, we'll start with uh, we'll start with last night first. Uh, look, Justin Verlander was fine. I think you would sign up for six and two thirds and two runs for any postseason start. But yeah, the Astros' offense just they had opportunities, but they couldn't capitalize. Any concern with that, or hey, that's just baseball, and sometimes that happens. Yeah, I mean, a little concerned because five singles, no extra base hits, but Jordan Montgomery was really good. He was delivering pitches exactly where he wanted to. Even his misses were just off the plate. The Astros took a lot of close pitches that were just off the plate for balls. So uh, he was a guy that was spot on from the start. Sometimes you're going to run into a pitcher who's spot on. Tonight they get Nathan Avaldi, or this afternoon they get Nathan Avaldi. He could also be very difficult, although the Astros have gotten to him at times. So uh, last night was one of those nights. Jordan Montgomery was really good, and their bullpen was able uh, to get through two and two-thirds innings and I'm not sure if that's going to happen every night, but it at least happened in game one. You know, Todd, as good as Montgomery was last night, there were there were a couple pitchers of pitches that were just laid out there, I thought, for the Astros. And, I mean, he's got that slow curve. And that, I mean, there were a few to bounce about two feet before it got to the plate on him. But there were some that I thought they would take advantage of in the, in the later innings. And they just, they just didn't get to him. And as you said, he placed the ball really, really well. But he wasn't – obviously, he's not an overpowering pitcher. He's not one of those – he's not that, you know – high 90s I mean but the but the curve was right where he needed it to be inside outside just outside just you know they he got a couple that were just outside too but the ones that the ones that really dipped on him last night I think really really got the Astros a little confused 
Yeah, you rarely see Jordan Alvarez struggle, and he did last night, and it was the curveball that got him three times. Jordan's a beast. He's the best hitter in baseball right now, but last night Jordan Montgomery was better than Jordan Alvarez, and so you tip your cap to that. Um, When Jordan strikes out three times against the same pitch, uh, that is highly unusual uh, because usually Jordan is the master making adjustments mid-game. So that tells you about how good Jordan Montgomery's curveball was. Yeah, TK, the eighth inning last night, our oldest Chapman comes into the game, and I think every Astros fan is licking their chops like, oh, man, we, we've got this guy's number. And, boy, Alex Bregman, off the bat, did you think that was gone? I mean, that that to me was kind of a microcosm for the night for the Astros, right? Just so close, but then it, that turns into a great catch by Evan Carter and then a double play. Was that sort of the moment where you're just like, eh, it might not be the Astros' night tonight? Yeah, that was kind of the turning point at the end of the game there. Two nothing. You've got, you know, two innings to work with. The crowd's going crazy because Chapman's coming in and we all know what his record is at Minute Maid Park. And even when that first when that ball was first hit, it looked like Bregman thought he caught it. And then the way Chapman was looking on, he thought, Oh, here we go again. Um, but yeah, give give Evan Carter a lot of credit. He made a phenomenal play. He made more than one phenomenal play yesterday. This is a kid the Astros hadn't seen in the regular season, and he was a difference maker yesterday. And unfortunately, Altuve got his feet crossed up there at second base. Uh, it's a big difference facing Jordan Alvarez and then maybe Jose Abreu and or Kyle Tucker as the tying run as opposed to nobody on base and now two out. So Chapman got a big break there by getting that double play turn when Altuve missed uh, retagging second base. Uh, I'll take my chances against the Astros the rest of the series against Chapman just based on track record, but yeah. uh, last night, Araldis got it done thanks to Evan Carter and, and thanks to a mistake by Altuve on the bases. You know, Todd, uh, BK and I talked uh, earlier today about which wh- who, who this game really, really, who needs this game more. And I, and I still think the Rangers still need to, to have this, this game this afternoon because we know what the Astros are like once they get on the road for some odd reason. I don't know what that's all about, but they are a dynamic baseball team once they leave the park. They, I mean – it shouldn't be, but they are, and they're just that experience that, you know, for the Rangers, this is this is a very important game, I think, for them. Now, if the Astros get this game, they've got to feel good once they leave. It's it's not like it's going to bother them to go on a road and play. Yeah, I'm with you to an extent. I, I don't think this is a must-win. Obviously, you don't want to go down 2 nothing in any series. Uh, sure. But best of seven in 2019, they went down 2 nothing and came back from D.C. up 3-2. to two. I so I would be, you know, I would say if they go down to nothing, it, the series is not over because of a couple of things. Number one, Astros know who they're lining up three and four. It's going to be Christian Javier and Jose Arquiti, both who have postseason experience, both who have pitched in big games in the World Series. Uh, the Rangers might have that experience with Max Scherzer. They might have that experience with John Gray, but they really don't know where they are health-wise. So it's not necessarily Mad Max we're getting. We could see a version of Mad Max, but we don't know that for sure. So. Uh, yeah, today's game's obviously important. You want to try and even it up going back to Arlington. But if for some reason Nathan Avaldi throws another gem and the Astros go down 2 nothing, it's not end of the series yet because uh, the Astros do play so well on the road. And they could, they've obviously just swept the Rangers in the most recent time at Globe Life Field, uh, outscoring them 39-10. to 10. So uh, we'll see what happens. But 1-1 uh, would feel a lot better. For yes, them. it would. Yeah, the Astros 6-1 and one in Arlington during the regular season. TK, where are you at with Framber Valdez? I mean, I, I think every Astros fan, I think every baseball fan knows how good he's been. But the last three starts going back to the regular season haven't been great. Uh, he was the only pitcher who lost against Minnesota in the ALDS. 
Uh, where's your confidence level that uh, good Fromber is going to make an appearance in game two? Yeah, I mean, if this was last year, I'd say automatic because he was so consistent last year. He just hasn't had the same consistency this year. That's unfortunate. Um, yeah, last start was not good. Left some pitches up in the zone. Uh, Fromber, for the most part this year, has not done as good a job of keeping the ball down the lower part of the zone. He's normally a guy who just pounds that ball uh, at the knees or near the knees. And, and last start against Minnesota, some pitches got up on him. So uh, I'm hoping to see Fromber turn it around. Uh, you know, obviously this could potentially be his final start if he loses this game. So uh, he did not pitch well in that game against Minnesota. He did not pitch well off and on in that final month, even when he threw his no hitter, there were bad games right around that no hitter. So uh, we have not seen start to start to start the Fromber with the quality starts like we saw last year, but hopefully, uh, you know, big game juices are flowing. Fromber when he's locked in is as good as any pitcher in baseball. And I can't imagine him not being locked in tonight in front of a sold out crowd. I thought Verlander was locked in last night. I thought he, I thought he pitched well. It's just the bats just weren't there last night, but his pitching was, uh, that was a really nice pitching duel last night, as a matter of fact. Yeah. I, I, I signed up for six and two thirds, two runs against that Rangers offense every day. Verlander was fine. He, he deserved to be a winning pitcher yesterday. You, you score, you usually can score more than two runs against the Rangers offensively. Right. It did not. It didn't happen last mm -hmm. night. Uh, not just a Verlander's fault. He pitched fine. Uh, he'll be fine in Game Five if he matches up again against Jordan Montgomery. Uh, last night, Jordan was just a little better. Yeah, TK. What's the key for the Astros' offense today? I mean, look, Fromber's postseason resume is pretty sterling, especially in the CS. Right? I looked up his numbers this morning: three and one with a sub two ERA and five ALCS starts, but. Uh, Nathan Avaldi has been great, not just this year for the Rangers in the playoffs, but throughout his postseason career, too. Uh, what do the Astros need to do offensively to get things going against a guy who's been really good in October? Yeah, that's a good question. Avaldi, when he's on, it can be as good or better than Jordan Montgomery. To your point earlier about Montgomery not having overpowering stuff, this is a difference. And in, in Evaldi does have overpowering stuff, and he can blow pitches by you. Uh, so, yeah, the combination of fastball, splitter, breaking ball. I, the top three guys in the order just have ridiculously good numbers against Evaldi. Altuve, Bregman, and Jordan Alvarez have hit Evaldi uh, either for power in Altuve's case or for average getting on base for Bregman and Alvarez's case. So hopefully those guys set the tone early. But Evaldi in the postseason is a difference maker. Uh, he's pitched their clinching game in Tampa Bay, and he clinched, pitched their clinching game uh, against the Baltimore Orioles. So he's uh, a guy that likes the moment. He likes the spotlight. It could be one of those games like last night where a couple of runs early could stick around for a while. So yeah. uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens against Evaldi. It's going to be a tough task. Uh, but I think the top three in the lineup, because they've had success in the past, can kind of set the tone early if they can get off and running in the first inning. Yeah. How about uh, an updated series prediction, Todd? I assume we didn't talk to you before the series started, but I assumed you were uh, going with the Astros before game one. You still feel good about the Stros' chances to get back to another World Series? I do. I do. I thought, you know, last night's game could have happened anywhere in the series. It could have been game four of the series that everybody wouldn't be overreacting as much if the Astros led two to one at that point or even three to nothing at that point. Because it's game one, there's going to be a lot more scrutiny. Altuve's running. Uh, mistake in the eighth inning is going to be scrutinized more. The bases loaded situation, should Gary Pettis have sent the runner or not, it's going to be scrutinized more. But it is game one. There are seven of them. The Astros have to win four out of six now. They've done that plenty of times this year. They've done that plenty of times against the Rangers, so I still like their chance. 
And then uh, I got to ask you this before we let you go, TK. You know, what what are you doing for these postseason games? You know, your your work, I don't want to say it's completely done because you're still covering the team and doing your thing, but are you going to these games? Are you watching at home on TV? What type of, uh, what type of fan are you when you're not up in the booth? So this year, for the first time, we're doing post-game shows on Space City Home Network. So last night I was in the studio. I worked with Mike Stanton last night. Tonight it'll be nice. Brian Bogusevic. Uh, game three, Blummer's going to come in the studio. Blummer and I generally are at the field for the home games, and then we'll do something after the game from uh, the stadium at Mid-Maid Park. But Kevin Eschenfelder had, uh, had a previous commitment, so he wasn't available last night or tonight, so I'm in the studio for him. But I'm at the games at the home games. I haven't gone yet on the road. Uh, if they get to the World Series and play the Phillies, I think I'm going to try and get to at least a couple of those games. Uh, but right now, uh, just excited to be part of the postseason coverage on a Space City Home Network. Is that uh, okay? How can people watching us find that? Is that AT and T? Is that online? What's the best way to find that? Yeah, it's the former AT and T channel. Wherever AT and T was on your network, it's still going to be there for now. It's called Space City Home Network, but it'll still be there on your cable uh, provider at the same spot. Awesome. Very good. Very good. Well, TK, you're the man. Really appreciate you jumping off for a few minutes. Uh, I know you're hoping we get to talk soon because that means the Astros will have won this round. So uh, thank you for the time today, man, and uh, glad to see you're doing well. Appreciate it. Right. Sounds good, guys. Take care. Thank you. There he goes. The great Todd Callis, TV voice of the Houston Astros, one of the very best in the business. Kind enough to join us this morning right here on Bucky and BK. And I'm with Todd. I mean, I still feel like uh, the Astros are going to win this series. Um, I'm just going with the experience, man. Like you, you bet against the Astros in October at your own risk. And I know the Rangers won game one last night and, as TK said, the winner of game one wins the CS series 64% of the time. So history, I guess, is uh, on the Rangers side right now. But uh, the Astros just they find ways to get it done and they're not scared. They're not nervous or worried or whatever just because they dropped the opener. They've been here before and uh, I know they feel good about finding a way to even things up later today. Well, they have to because I mean, the Rangers are I mean, the Rangers are throwing they're throwing their best at them today and. They've, it, it's, it's almost like, yeah, I, I, I think it's important for the Rangers to get this one too, BK, but I, I just don't, I don't know if they can, I don't know if they can take two. And I know the Astros don't play great at home, but I, I don't think they can get, I don't think the Rangers get to get two or two of those. I'd like to see Montgomery when he gets back on the mound again. I don't think that finesse pitching will do it against the Astros a second time around. And I, but I waited in any after inning last night. I'm like, when will they start getting to this? This stuff is not heat coming across here. It's, it's nice pitches, you know, some hitting the dirt before the plate. Guys are swinging, like you said last night. I mean, guys taking swings that they generally don't see them swing at. I mean, I'm like, really? Yeah, Jordan looked kind of lost, right, which yeah. is so rare. And that guy uh, was awesome in the DS, too. Like, it's not like uh, he was slumping a little bit going into this series. Like, nah, he oh, was no, he's incredible against Minnesota. Uh, I think, what, three home runs in that series and just was tearing the cover off the baseball. Uh, he's, he's the best hitter probably in this series. Now, Corey Seager and Rangers fans, I think, would have some things to say about that. But Jordan's a freaking monster. And, yeah, I think he had three strikeouts uh, last night, which was uh, bizarre. Not something yeah, I'm, just not giving him, I'm not giving him enough credit. That's the problem here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Rangers uh, took game one. Once again, game two this afternoon, 337 first pitch um, on Fox and FS1. And, uh, yeah, if you want to watch that post-game show, Space City Sports. See, I move out of Houston. I forgot they changed their network because AT&T Sportsnet, I like to call it Chapter 7 Sportsnet. 
Oh, uh, they, wow. went, they went bankrupt and they uh, they had to go. And then Bally Sports, which also went bankrupt, I call bankrupt sports. Those are the nicknames I have for those RSNs that uh, are kind of falling apart. All right, about five minutes left, Buck. How about a word for our friends at Covert Bee Cave? Yeah, and since 1909, the Covert family has been serving Central Texas. And folks, right now, they've got 42 acres of beautiful cars and trucks awaiting you out there in Bee Cave, Texas, USA, America. Buicks, GMC, Cadillacs, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram, of course. They're all located out there in Bee Cave, Texas. And for more information, go to covertbeecave.com. They also have Covert Ford and Chevy in Hutto and Covert Ford and Lincoln in Austin. While you're there, say hello to the whole gang. Stop by, say hello to Stacy, Dan, Mike, Jerome, the whole gang while you're there. And they've got a, over 86 service bays that are way too so that your time is very important to you. So you don't want to be sitting around waiting for a car to be fixed, oil change, or just some minor things that are done to your car. You want to get in, you want to get out, and you can do that with the Covert family. As I said, go to covertbcaves.com for more information on their weekly sales, and nobody beats a Covert deal. Not now, not ever. Not ever. How about a recorded spot, too, for our friends at Pest Wranglers? They've had it on. They're now a part of the morning show with Bucky and BK. Yeah. We got to tell you about... Uh, the very best in the business. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? I'm making a silly commercial like other companies so people will remember our name. But we're not like other companies. Anyone could see that from our five-star reviews. But how will people remember Pest Wranglers? Well, once they try us, they'll never forget that we are the most effective, reliable, and affordable pest control company. I guess you're right. Pest Wranglers is the best at pest control, wildlife management, termite pest control. Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. What are you doing? Hey, it couldn't hurt. Pest Wranglers, 512-670-7808 or find us on the web at pestwranglers.com. Thanks, Catchy. Pest wranglers, pest wranglers, pest wranglers. You're going to need to because then when those little varmints start to find you, when it starts getting cool, they're trying to find a spot that's warm around your home, in your attic. You want to get to these folks as quick as you can. Yep, our guy Steve, great people, and they're not lying. I mean, the reviews everywhere, five-star, five-star, five-star. Uh, they don't do contracts because they know you're going to keep coming back. Like, they, they trust their work. They trust their customer service. And they should. They've been doing this for a long time, and uh, nobody does it better. They'll and, take care of that bear if that bear comes into your house. Ooh, I don't. Uh, does that count as a pest? It'd be kind of pesty, wouldn't it? I mean, don't you think? I don't you know. I want if you called Steve. And, if you called Steve and said there's a bear in the house, you might be like, "Yeah, I'm actually under the weather. I don't think I'm gonna." <laughs> I don't do bears. <laughs> I don't Sorry. think I can make it today. <laughs> Uh, shout out to them. Shout out who we know. Sentextickets.com. Need to mention yes, them too. If you're looking for F1 tickets this weekend, sentextickets.com. They've got them for you. If you're going to Houston for either the baseball or for the football, of course, the Longhorns out in H Town this Saturday. They've got tickets to all of the sports all year long over there at sentextickets.com. Shout out to them for their great partnership with us. Shout out to Top Gun as well. Rentals and lawn equipment. If you've got a job that you need to tackle, this week, whether it's getting a little cooler, a little bit more comfortable, you might have some stuff you got to take care of. Get Make your garden happen. done, brother. Get your garden. Hey, I don't do a garden. I live in an apartment complex. Sorry. The only the only gardening that gets done here is people cleaning up after their dog shit, and most <laughs> most people don't even do that. So, I guess that's the fertilizer, right? They just leave it out no, there. And then- that's not fertilizer. It's dog shit. It doesn't count <laughs> as fertilizer. Now the cows across the fence from me count as fertilizer. Your dog, your basic dog that you're putting those dog things, those dog foods into, that's just shit. Mm. That's all it is. Yeah, nothing more, nothing less. 
I don't have any dogs, so don't blame me for that. Before we uh, get out of here, Cowboys-Chargers, we need a pick. We didn't get into this game too much. I know Chaos Theory and Hanging with the Harge and all the other shows will uh, preview Monday Night Football, of course, tonight. But the Cowboys, one-and-a-half-point favorites in Los Angeles against the Chargers. Do they bounce back? You know what? If the Chargers would have their receivers that get hurt every year, they're losing guys always either before the season or the first two games of the season. If they had those guys back, uh, they do have the running back, though. He's back. And hmm. Eckler's back, yep. Um, I, I'm I'm liking the Cowboys. What did you say that line was? One and a half. Very close. I'll take the Cowboys in a bounce back game. Ah, shoot. I wish you didn't do that. Why? Because I, I felt good about the Cowboys' chances. and now I don't screw up them. the Cowboys. They screw up themselves. Don't blame me for their mistakes. Uh, you that don't was... have a thousand units on this or anything. No, so no, we're no okay. thousand unit play, no. Maybe they've got a shot. Yeah, I like the Cowboys as well. I think they bounce back. Um, I'm not super bought into the Chargers. I'm definitely not bought into Brandon Staley as their head coach. And for all the flaws that Mike McCarthy has, I do think he's uh, the better coach. And I'll but, go with the, but the not much, but not much better. Not much. No, 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 no. But um, yeah, the bar is low. It's being the skinniest kid at a fat camp with these two, <laughs> which McCarthy's never been the skinniest kid anywhere. Wow. But uh, now I'm going with the uh, I'm going with the Cowboys to get this done tonight. And we're done today. Oh, real quick. There you go. Thank you. Thank yeah, you, thank you some, Coach Gundy. We've got some drops now here. Of children. You what just had to have those, didn't you? He's got AIDS. Big oh, my Magic goodness. Johnson. What has he done? What has he done, Big Magic Johnson? <laughs> <He's> <laughs> done By the way, Oklahoma was. State with a nice win, too, over the weekend. Another yeah, we don't. Don't be dunking on my Jayhawks, man. We're out of here. I'm not going to let you talk any more trash about wow. KU. Coming up right now, though, the fastest hour in sports media. It's Chaos Theory. Rodney and Wags. Boys, how we doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? Rodney, double R, my guy. Looks like we got a lot of drops to play with. The next hour is just going to be me and you going through sandwiches. Dude, that's awesome. Hey, BK, I'm like you, dude. I think I have a cold or something, man. I was mm -hmm. outside over the weekend, and it's like I'm sneezing and coughing. The eclipse. Oh, it's beautiful this week. But the eclipse. Eclipse. like some rain time, some kind of rain dance or whatever to make all the, the weather come out for, to make it beautiful for all of us. Well, I, I think I think the problem was my wife my wife had a cold and I spent Saturday with her. So I guess I need to like what is that? You know, Wags, you got is, that my, is that my head cold doing things to me? It's your head. Wags, I think you got an echo coming from your deal Cave. today. Will you will you leave the studio and come back in? I'll try. I'll take it. I'll, I'll be great. Yeah, I'll, be right, sounds, I'll be right back. I'll be right back. He's had a quiet got a big weekend. He got a big weekend coming up this weekend. Here we go. Formula One. Max yes, Verstappen sir. Invitational comes back to Austin. <laughs> let's let's get it done. Maybe uh maybe maybe uh King Lewis or Prince Lewis or whatever he is. Maybe maybe he'll sneak up and and you remember this used to be his house for that for dude. That old man still racing. Dude, he's yeah, man. But uh, he's kind of mid-pack now, dude. He's uh, the, they've forgotten about old Lewis. Maybe, maybe he'll come back to Austin and, and shock the nation, shock the nation, shock the world, go. shock the world. Yeah, it's gonna be a big weekend out there. It's uh, uh, especially with the concerts and everything, you know, with the Killers and Queen and and all of that. Uh, this is this is gonna be massive. Um, and and I think one thing that people, I'll say this, and uh, if you're planning to go there. Don't think you're going to roll up and park in all that public parking because it is it is sold out. Ride the bus. Get on the bus, huh? Go to Del Valley High School and ride ride your ass on the bus to get there. <laughs> <laughs> the yellow dog. <laughs> all right, y'all. Have a great show.